This is Tom from Third Rail Design Lab. Go. You didn't tell us who to go next. Yeah, well, no, I mean, one of you go. Which of goes next. What? Go. Chris, you go. Go. Follow the golden section from the bottom to the top. Clockwise. It's clockwise, goddammit. I don't know which one of you is clockwise. It's like a clock. Like Uh, real little clock. And we're off. I only do digital. So this is going great. Paragon of professionalism on this podcast because I have a fuzz blocker thing and that means that I'm more professional than you Ooh, two. I have one of those on a shelf. Yeah, you and your fuzzy shelves. Okay, so let me get up my notes. Are you guys ready? Who's on the call? We've got a sweet. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Is it a Guillermo del Toro toy? I'm Guillermo del Toro. That's unusual. <laughs> Actually, if you wait, wait, stop. Hold it to the okay. To your left, a little bit up uh, closer to the camera. That's just a little perfect. Bit. It's perfect. Oh my god, like he's here. So okay, like, for, podcast, friend, not you. for those playing at home, uh Mike and I are joined by special guest Chris Deeply Dapper McLenahan, <laughs> whose name's on the podcast. And uh he's uh he's running hot already and he's waving a Guillermo del Toro toy in our faces. It's I own the website. You own the website. So um so we got narrative Mike and uh deeply dapper and we're here to have discussions. They're fully serious. Serious discussion. Oh I'm gonna have to take a layer off soon, you guys. <laughs> oh, no. Did you dress warmly? I'm mad because both of your like backgrounds are gorgeous, and I haven't what? hung any art on my walls yet. <laughs> it's just I am in a white void of, of like suburban oppression. All right, so Tom first of all, like he's recording from a like a survival yeah. shack. Yeah, it's a bomb shelter that I'm in. somewhere. There's just like massive quantities of canned goods behind me because it's California, and you have to do that now. And also, the there. entire time that you guys were uh, giggling and complaining, I've been furiously using the wrong mouse so this is how it's going to go today <laughs> furiously using the wrong mouse that's my ska man i mean Wait, why do you have so many mice <laughs> i have so many computers here i have three screens because again i'm serious all right so uh gentlemen let's get right to it i want to do the sucking the monkey segment this is the segment in which for new listeners of which there are probably none we talk about what we are consuming in an alcoholic oh, or non-alcoholic be so hateful? i'm not hateful people love us we have 333 <laughs> listener limit so oh fair yeah we have fair. to boot certain number of them and if they don't stop listening we have to kill them that's that's right um not going to cons right now makes it harder it but, does um, fair. all right so uh mr uh narrative mike what do you what are you having tonight this, wait, that's anti. That's winter shins. I thought we were going clockwise. No, oh, sorry about that. Okay, so winter shins. What are you having? No, no, no. I would be winter shins. He's clockwise. <laughs> we're like the worst SEAL team ever. SEAL Team Three. Winter shins. Clockwise. Go left. <laughs> no. Clockwise got stuck in the shaft again. That was our helicopter. Shins, what's your What's your weapon of choice? A brick. Oh my god. <laughs> Winter Sorry, shins. Go ahead, go ahead. Winter Vocal shins. Fry. Oh my gosh. Winter shins. Vocal fry. 
<laughs> Winter Shane's vocal fry. What were and... you saying about easy editing, Tom? <laughs> oh my God. What I love is you have three call signs oh. and I'm not even included. All right, so. <laughs> You pushed so hard to get all three of us on here. <laughs> yeah, I did. So, uh, 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 narr- narrative, Mike, what are you having? I'm okay, okay. so uh, Ruby has brought home for me yeah. a lovely pineapple kettle sour because I have found sours are my favorite fucking thing in the world. What have sours I been telling you for a year? Sours are the superior beer, absolutely. He's been coming on. So much. He's been coming on, sucking on like lagers or like. Like very wine, and I said, Pilsner. "Oh, Pilsner. Pilsner!" And then I and I say, "The sour is the best thing that's ever been mm. made in the history of ever." And he says, Agreed. "Yeah, but my wine." I mean, is I, like a, label. I like I like a light, a light, refreshing beer, but like sours hit me in that good spot where, like, why is this not from Memphis? Why is this not like all over the place in the South? Because but it's nowhere but the Pacific Northwest. I think oh God, it's, it's weird. So it's we complain yeah. about this all the time. You go up to Oregon when we go up to the shows. We meet yeah. in Oregon. We can get it anywhere. Down here yeah. in California, it's it's you know it's IPAs or nothing, right? Yeah, there's nothing in Idaho as far as sours either. I tried to find some this summer and had a rough time finding anything. Just your milk, yeah. am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a... just, there's literally just like. Sour dog milk. blood is dog drink. Sour milk. Um, <laughs> oh. And Chris, uh, Chris, what are you what are you running in that tank there? It has I'm fumes. drinking a Doc Ock, which oh. is a combination of Kraken Black Spice Rum and Dr Pepper. Kraken and Pepper. Of the Kraken. I feel like the last time you were drinking the Doc Ock, you took your shelving unit apart. Remember that? You backed that into was it like three Doc Ock times ago. Thank you very much. <laughs> There were no furniture deaths last time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having a grapefruit-infused vodka, and I'm having it with a limon laqua. What kind of silly name did you give it? Um, that's a really good question. I was thinking about giving it the vocal fry, 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 fry. The vocal, <laughs> the vocal fry is going to be the name of this cocktail. I think you should call it a tart hussy. The tart, the tart hussy. hussy. <laughs> you keep that to yourself. She can't even hear you. That's rude. All right, so let's start out with the. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm recording this in case that gets edited out. Edited it out. So, um, Red Sky Roundup. This is the moment when we talk about the things that are happening since the last time we talked about the things that were happening. Interesting side note: the last three or four of our episodes have been narrative Mike and I talking about news because there's been so much news, and. As if we hadn't already captured enough news, the last recording, which the time of this recording was released yesterday, was capturing a lot of virtual con stuff. And so we talked about everything from San Diego. Con- yes, exactly right. The calculations, right? All the calculations. Um, uh, so we talked about everything from San Diego Comic-Con all the way up to the um, the fandom. And you'd think that was everything that would, there would be. And yet we have plenty of since then which has only been about a week so uh the first thing i want to ask you about is have you seen any trailers specifically have you seen the lupin trailer that just came out i put new tires on my trailer it's a son of a bitch <laughs> see what's happening Wait, it's the dog hawk i did i have did, not seen the i didn't know there was a lupin did you say a new lupin trailer okay like like so, hot wheels lupin so of course you saw the lupin trailer uh what uh, do you think about it i stopped five seconds in you want to know why why is that because Lupin is the shit. Tell you what. And I will watch whatever Lupin thing happens, no matter what. I have watched 
a number of the movies. We've talked I about I cannot that. say all of them because yeah. there are more than I thought there were <laughs> when yes. I started this in high school. Yes. Um, and yeah, dude, I love I love Lupin. Uh, Jigen is is one of my favorite characters in anime from way way back. Oh my god, Ruby just sorry, Ruby just screamed from the other room. Zenigata, who's also amazing. <laughs> so it looks great too. It looks like true to to form to the cartoon. So I've only seen Lupin uh, in Japanese untranslated when I was younger, as I think I told you before. So I don't know anything about the story because, you know, I was just watching pretty pictures. Um, The question I have for you is, why is it called Lupin the Third the First? Because uh, Japan. Oh, so he's he's the he's the third descendant of Arsene Lupin, Ah. the French thief. (laughs) So he's he is Lupin the Third. The first probably has something to do with the treasure he's stealing. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. Because they're all named after the thing he's stealing. Like, well, not always. Maybe it's location. Like, Castle of Cagliostro was about the place the treasure was, you know? It's Castle of Cannoli. What was that? Castle of Cagliostro. It's the uh, Miyazaki. Oh, my God. It's also entirely possible that that is literally just the title is the first official trailer. Oh, that's possible. That is also fair. Ohio Miyazaki. It's the Miyazaki uh, Lupin yes. movie. Yes. Is Cagliostro. Uh, Mr. Deeply Dapper, uh, what yeah, Narrative yeah. Mike and I have started doing is giving these items that we talk about uh, a rating. We pulled this out of the reviews stuff because we were doing a lot more news and a lot less reviews. So if we like a thing, it's a red tentacle. You may remember that. Um, if we hate it, it's a black octopus. Yes, I remember your red tentacle. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, uh, and then I established last time that those were the only two options, no matter what. And then Mike immediately uh, created the gray kraken for ambivalence. Yeah, gray kraken. So, oh, but I'm super prone, prone to the gray kraken. kraken. Yes, yeah, so that's the problem. Is the gray kraken's abused by guys like you? You have to be a little bit more extreme. It's so it's an excellent name. But you know, three is the magic number, so we'll take it. So. Uh, uh, Narrative Mike, I assume it is a red oh, kraken. Hardcore red tentacle, yo. Yeah, it's um, like 10 red, red tentacle. tentacle. Almost eleven. Eleven red tentacles for you. What about you? Uh, definitely red tentacle. Yeah, I don't right. know much about Lupin, but that looks awesome, and Do I know enough to? Yeah. to know that I'm interested. I've tried to draw him in the car like a million times, and I can't get it right because I can't get it rubbery enough. That's surprising to me because he has some of the same proportions as Very some of your so. art style. Yeah. How dare you? Okay. Uh, the next trailer <laughs> I that I saw. I'm really interested in, you, in seeing you do this team. I will. That's, I dig it. I will. I dig it a lot. I will. I'll do it. I, I will I'll rise to the challenge. Perhaps in October. October. And I have lots of material you can borrow if you need. I have a number of the movies, some on VHS, a lot you, on. You got to hand it over to me using a six foot shark grabber. Shit, man, I don't own a VHS player and I have all the VHS from all my old anime. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with all this garbage? I saw something recently, an ad for something, and, and it was, or like a, I don't know, like a Twitter or something. And it was a product that came in a VHS tape box and they were falling all over themselves about how amazing it was. And I was like, God damn it! Because uh, Chris Deeply Dapper over here did it first. No one else had ever come up with that idea of using a VHS cover for some other thing. He did it, and he did it best, and he got uh, no, no credit yeah. on the, uh, you know. Have I even sent you a copy of that? Do you have a copy of that, Tom? 
Yes, I do. In fact, oh, I've threatened do. my children to play it several times. Mateo oh, was scared exactly of it for what some reason. likes to hear when they create a game is that someone's threatened their children to play it. <laughs> I know. Oh I've God. told you that before. I have wanted to play this game for a while. Yeah. I'm excited. You it's super it. fun. I, it, I, I really haven't played the finished product, right? The last time yeah. I played... Yeah, we played the... Yeah, the we have demos the demo hotel room. Yeah, and the <laughs> problem is that my son is a—he's at a weird age, and, and as you know, you 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 tell me repeatedly that I've done something terribly wrong because my kids don't watch the thing. But the point is, your children are afraid of everything. Is that's that right. what you're saying? He's scared of it for some reason. He looked at one of your arts in the on the packaging or something creepy about it, and he's like, "Oh, monsters!" Uh. Meanwhile, like, why? He'll love it. So I threaten that one of these nights I'm just going to break it out, and he's going to have no choice, and he'll love it. So I'll 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 get that feedback to you as soon as it's done. Three stars. I do keep seeing I do keep seeing a thing on my Facebook that I feel has stolen from you, which is called Mixtape Massacre. Have you seen this? I have seen that. I they they um they started developing a game almost simultaneously with me and my buddy Devin that was literally the same theme as that. And yeah. so as soon as we saw that theirs was further along, we're like, well, we won't do ours now. I, I honestly don't love the art in Mixtape Massacre, but it's supposed to be a really fun game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's right up my alley. I just haven't gone down the alley. <laughs> Speaking of going down the alley, do you have the butt mode on your on your, uh, on your your microphone set properly? Do I not sound good? No, you sound great. So here's the thing, though. Um, I like the art in your well, but down the down the alley, going. You know, that's a reference to the anus, is what I was getting at. So here's my question, also related to the anus. I actually like the art in your game. You didn't give a rating. You didn't give a rating, yeah. Of course I get Tom. Yeah, I get thirty-three red tentacles. What kind of tentacle do you have, Tom? Thirty-three red ones. Nice. All right, so you got. Triple my triple my eleven, cool man, cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I give it one. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. Right. So the other, the next trailer was Utopia, right. which so neither of you right. saw. Utopia. All right, one and second. No, no, no. It, the, here's the thing: you don't have to watch it. I'll just tell you. Watch it later. <laughs> the thing is, the only reason I put it in here is that it's a conspiracy. It's like a wacky conspiracy theory th- thriller type uh, show. Uh, but but its premise oh, is, that is the one the, with Cusack. Um, yes, with and like the, um, the graphic novel. Yep, thing. Rain Wilson's in it. So its deal is that they've been reading a comic book, like graphic novel, and things in the graphic novel are real, and so that's the conspiracy theory. Yeah, so yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for that, uh, like during San Diego Comic Con or something like that. They had a teaser for it. Yeah, and so anyway, I the only reason I put it here was to give it a <laughs> I wanted to give it a black octopus because I can tell you. It doesn't look very interesting to me, and maybe it is, but eh. It it's yeah. I you know I really like John Cusack, but I haven't really liked anything John Cusack's done in quite some time now. Yeah, is it weird? Do some of the visuals look like they came out of Black Hole? Not the Disney movie. They definitely have some of the same like look to them. Yeah, right. Like the antlers and the ears. It seems like they're trying to do like um. This is gonna sound shitty, and I apologize. Like a low-rent version of that? <laughs> you apologize I, for I that? I'm over here talking about the Anus. like a, a fan fiction type thing with that because it is like the, the graphic novel and everything. And it's like a cult underground graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see them like, well, we didn't get the rights for Black Hole. Let's, let's just call it something else. Let's call it Twilight. <laughs> 
Sure, right. Fair enough. I mean, and I know that Black Hole is in development limbo at the moment, mm-hmm. so who knows? The next trailer, which you haven't seen, is called Synchronic, and this is with um, Anthony Mackie and a few other people, and it's by some group of filmmakers that do smaller films that you oh, might yeah, know. Oh, yeah, the guys that did The Endless. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, my the, God, The Endless. Oh, my God. What yeah. a great flick. Yeah, yeah it's a great it. flick. I really like I saw that at the Hollywood Theater in Portland on like some, and so it was great because we had like like this cool little retro theater and we were watching oh the endless God. and so it was jealous. oh it was like the perfect spot to see that movie. Oh, that's so cool! I can't imagine seeing that on the screen, man. That must have been yeah, very, especially the uh, like climactic bits. Yeah, yeah. Probably were very intense on the big screen. It looked it. I was really impressed. I I didn't expect a lot going into it because I knew how like low budget it was. And oh man, it, it it they put everything up on the screen. That's for sure. So good, so good. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in awesome. just my old projects. I won't even watch the trailer. Yeah, right on. Well, so I mean, initially when the trailer came out, people were complaining it looked like a pretty sort of direct to video time travel type movie. Um, but what I like about it is. I, I like. Wait, is that wait? Is that a bad thing? Do, is that is that is that what people like? Are people mad about this? I guess only maybe just Facebook people. Um, See, I think that's the problem when you get like real red names state people. in them, like Justin Benz or like uh, Anthony Mackie and stuff. It like people immediately think that it's supposed to be like a like a thirty million dollar movie. Yeah, and he's allowed to make a variety of projects if he cares to. And you know, um, yeah. but the thing is, I like stories where someone can't. Or, or at least the audience doesn't know whether someone is experiencing a thing or whether they're going crazy. And in this scenario, it's another one of these. You take a pill and a thing, and there's an effect. And so the question is, is it really happening? Is gotcha. it really happening okay. or not? Um, but also, I've yeah, always you been drawn... You like, if they're time traveling or if they're seeing the future or if they're just yeah. imagining things. Right, it, or having a it, trip. It takes place right. in New Orleans, which doesn't happen very often, so that's kind of a cool setting, too. And I really like stories about the Dawn Patrol for ambulance drivers for some reason. Um, yeah, even the, even, the, even that really terrible one that came out a while ago, which was really scary. <laughs> but anyway, the other thing about this that was interesting Sexy is... Sexy Ambulance Time? Sexy You didn't ambulance. like that one? I love that one. With, um, <laughs> with the one ambulance driver who killed the other ambulance driver and then ran over a body. Remember that one? Yeah, that's all of them. So anyway, that's the point is... Time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about this that was interesting is that the, uh, the directors said, don't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's well, that's that's not great. Oh, that's, you mean because it's in the theater? Yes, they for, they yeah, forced it into the theater. Spencer Moorhead is real against in theater like viewing right now. I can't remember which one of them it is, but yeah, he was like, uh, "Just get it on VOD, please. Don't go into the theater." I respect. We don't that. need to spread this crap. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. And so you know, to me, that was an interesting uh, footnote to the idea of this movie coming out, which may or may not be good was that there was some integrity behind the filmmaker, so that was neat. Yeah. Um, and then the last trailer was some project um, that kind of came out of nowhere called Dune. It's a little project, right? Little, yeah, no Dune. one's ever heard of this. Yeah, I've never... It's Apparently it's side, side Dune. <laughs> so now Dune. that we've actually seen a thing instead of just the photos of the thing, what did you think? Um, it looks really bland. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively optimistic. Yeah, I think um, it'll be good. It's just it, there wasn't anything in it that blew me away. It was almost exactly what I expected to see from the trailer. I guess is my yeah. only problem with it. Yeah, uh, 
I will say also one of the one of the things that kind of took me by surprise was the armor design. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, not how I saw the Sardu car, but right. I kind of dig that that look, and I really like the the um, blind worm aspect of yes. the Harkonnen. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like that pale, just kind of never sees the sun. It almost feels. Uh, this is gonna sound weird. Did you ever play? Oh, what the hell's the name of that? There, there's a PlayStation exclusive shooter where you fight the Hellgast, and I can't remember the name of Killzone. Killzone, yeah. Mm. It almost feels like someone was like, "Oh, remember Killzone? I'm going to make Narcona look like the Killzone troopers." And I'm like, <laughs> I, "I can mean, see that." Fair, because yeah. I always thought the the, Har- the Hellgast are just fucking Harkonnen, but <laughs> but I mean, um, I, I think there's some really interesting visuals. Um, you know, like as, as an artist, worm. as an artist, I'm seeing the in the armor, uh, like in that infamous photo of uh, Oscar Isaac's given the side eye with his beautiful beard. That everyone was like, "Oh, you know, sexy, pan- sexy ambulance times," right? The, uh, <laughs> as an artist, I'm seeing the high armored collars that yep. I used to draw a lot of, and I do still sometimes draw where you wouldn't be able to turn your head. It's like the Batman problem, right? Like yeah, you wouldn't right. be able to to like deal with that in in combat but he can't be beheaded so the thing is i'm really uh like i'll just watch anything that villain does so uh i'm yeah. i'm there for that and the cinematography looks amazing i appreciate the that it's bland solid oh, i'm is. having a hard time justifying how much uh in my brain how much javier Bardem looks like jeffrey dean morgan now yes okay <laughs> getting the two of you confused fair that's fair that's fair <laughs> it has a zendaya in it um, yeah, it has Chalamet in it, which I really yeah, that's a Isn't problem. Isn't she like a an Emmy Award winner now? Yes, she won a thing, and then uh, I also mean, if, if if for another reason, if you if you need a reason to like her, any Met Gala oh, that yes. she's ever been at, yes, she has stolen the fucking show. Yes, like <laughs> her her dresses at the Met Gala. Yeah, she's savvy. Nobody, they are so good. They're so good. The thing is, I think I think that Villeneuve is and and his cinematographer are using a, they're he- leaning heavily into a monochrome, in the in the composition of shots, but also in the in the makeup of different things that they're shooting. So like all the armors, the everyone has, you know, this faction all have this color, and these people all have this color. And what I'm hoping for is that that stays consistent through the film, and it might not because I'm waiting for a punch of saturation. Like I'm waiting for. What's her name from uh, Mission Impossible to show up and have, um, like or whatever, Mission or or James Bond, whatever she's from, where she'll show up and she'll just be in like a bright red, blood red uniform or something. And they haven't shown that yet. They're still showing. She show her with a lot of the spider lace and stuff over her face. Oh, but you're I, with Jessica. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. but yeah. like I want, I oh, want yeah. someone like that to come in and have this real bold color, kind of like the. The, the shitty alien in uh, Fifth Element had when she came in all blue. I kind of think, like, I, I kind of picture most of being that, like, that dirty red color just to make the, the blue show yeah. up more. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so things things I've noticed, um, yeah. they, haven't, they haven't mentioned Alia, mm-hmm. and they haven't mentioned Fade at all in any of these trailers. I'm like... I don't remember Fade. Fade I didn't read Rufa? the book. I didn't read the book. Sting. 
He's sick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Roth is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Ted Roth is basically Paul Atreides if you were raised by the Harkonnen. Oh, right, right. It's, yeah. It's the, okay. antithesis, it's the antithesis character. It's yeah. what if the nurture were shitty, you yeah. know? Yeah, sexy um, ambulance times. He's got the he's got the olive oil on the skin, and he's got the armored he's got the armored armored bikini, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. Yeah, he just got a cod piece. That's it. That's right. Yeah, pretty and great. And it's full of sand. Yeah, it's full of sand. I hate it. I hate it. Um, okay, so those are the those were the uh, the trailers that weren't related to anything else that I saw that I thought I would talk about, and here we are. So. Marvel News. Did you guys see the the trailer for the new um, Simon Pegg TV show? We, yeah, we on, talked uh, about it on the um, the previous oh, one, right, and we, we both gave it a oh, black. Okay. We gave it a black octopus. What? Yes. Well, I mean, that trailer was pretty bad, dude. Yep, it was the one that just came out like a couple days ago. No, the oh, one that no, came no, out no, a week this ago. This was the old one. That, oh, okay. It, its tone was inconsistent. It's like, yeah. are you a comedy or are you a horror movie? Like the latest one is one. much more horror, right? Because uh, I saw people he, complaining about it. In that I, way, I think it looks thing. pretty good, but yeah. I'm I'm a sucker for those kind of dumb ghost movie type things. So, well, but that's the I, thing. The last trailer we we gave it a black octopus because it was so inconsistent. It didn't feel yeah, like, like a frost movie. It just was like, what's even? What is this trying it's to like be? They, they played up these scenes like this is going to be funny, and I'm like, this feels like a horror film, not a funny film. What are you doing? Yeah, and I think I think part of the problem is is you need to have a really deft hand when you're making a movie trailer for a TV series. I've got a deft hand right here. I'm Sicilian, episode. and I I definitely oh, feel I'm like nodding. like when they're trying to do like a trailer for an entire TV series, it's a lot more inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I that's a TV you. series. I thought it was a movie. Yeah, it's a T. It's like eight episodes on Amazon. Uh-huh. Well, so maybe, maybe I'll, well, I'll watch the new one. And I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway. I just was oh, unhappy. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's expectation that we're doing for right now. Indeed. So yeah. I'm opening my vault. This Because I'm in Uh-oh. my bomb shelter. This is where I keep all of the, uh, the anti-venom. Just in case you guys need any. It's my least favorite Spider-Man character. <laughs> yeah. Um, today Was that just carnage. I've, yeah, I've transitioned to Teton Cider Works' bourbon barrel peach cider. Oh, Teton Cider. Yes, That's sir. an awful name. Yeah. Well, I can't. Well, maybe it's Titan. Could be Titan. Titan Cider no, 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 Works. No, no, no. It's it's Titian. Teat and cider. Titian. <laughs> It's bourbon barrel peach cider. That's all you need to know. I'm going to take the first bourbon sip. Bourban barrel peach cider. Mm-hmm. That seems like a waste of a bourbon barrel to me. You may think so. But it's delicious. There's Marvel news. There's a really big Marvel news item. And there's also less okay. less big ones. I, I would like to point out to the, the viewers at home that can't see this, but Tom keeps adjusting his microphone as if he's talking to it. I'm moving it out of the way. gaming mic, but also talking on the Yeti. <laughs> I keep trying to get it out of the way. It's... It's very distracting to me. Every time it's in front of me, I want to I want to comment on my Minecraft. It's just slowly creeping back around into your face. <laughs> my voice, my pitch is going up, and I'm like, oh, girls. All right, anyway, so Marvel News. Marvel News. Narrative Mike, did you have a comment? You raised your hand very politely. No? All right. What? No. I'm, I, I don't, we'll see what's happening, yo. Marvel. It was, it was, just, it was straight armed and at an angle. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Stop spray whoa, painting my whoa, garage door. 
Leave my garage door alone, please. Narrative Mike just got canceled. Oh my god. Is that is that a pink camo AK forty seven? It's weird. I thought I knew you. All right, so here's some Marvel news. Jonathan Majors from uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco and also Lovecraft Country apparently was cast in Ant-Man 3. And rumor has it, he will play Kang the Conqueror. I consider oh, this to be a pretty big deal. I am in. Because That's solid casting. We're at, we're, at the, uh, we're at the tipping point of a transition to a whole other world of storytelling for them. With all of so many of their characters are gone, and they have this opportunity to to reinvent the MCU, and you know how I feel about timey wimey. Can they make Kang look good and keep his look? That's going to be the real question. Well, but that's the thing. This guy has an incredible face. Yeah, true. He's got a credit. You can see that face with like I can lines. I am very interested in seeing Kang because. uh, Okay, spoiler for Young Avengers. If you haven't figured this out by this point, not my problem. Yes. Um. When they when they revealed that Iron Lad was fucking Kang's younger self, I was like, sold. This yep. is an amazing, <laughs> this is an amazing idea. I love it so much. I mean, it's you know beyond the Loki stuff, Kang is like the one of the principal Avengers villains over time. Over time is what I said. Well, and like oh, uh, you know, uh, I, I love. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, wait. Are you talking about Kang or Mortis? Both of those things. Or Amon Ra. Or. All of those things. Sorry, it's just but to me, Kang has so many fucking names at this point. That's right. Dude, really. But so to me, any time travelers Kang at this point. Fine. Yeah. So to me, a timey wimey <laughs> story, and also, uh, you know, Ragnarok and Guardians have shown us that they can make Kirby stuff make sense when it seemed like it could never be filmed. So yeah, they can act. I have legit. confidence that they can make Kang make sense because even when I draw him, you saw that I did that drawing of him. I'm like, well. Yeah. All right, I'm just doing it. He's got the like the mask doesn't even make sense. I'm gonna draw the lines on it and say the weird little things and I I am still like I know I know there is a stark divide between the Ragnarok lovers and the Ragnarok. Stark divide, did you say? Mm -hmm. Ah, he wasn't in that movie. I know. Um (laughs) could have been. It's a a banger divide. I don't know, whatever. Um But I am I am hardcore into the like visually that movie is solid yes absolutely. like there are so many beautiful set pieces in that in that movie i and love I get, Ragnarok. I, I get that there are a number of characters giving short shrift i understand and if you're a thor fan that could that could be that could be heckle hackle rising what are the things in the back of your neck well if you're a jackasses three fan you're especially heckled or whatever but you know and that's actually my biggest uh this complaint about ragnarok is that it is so zany and fun and loose and then it has these occasional moments of just miserable bloodbath. So I can't show it to my kids again. Sorry, Chris, but my eight and 11 year olds are not ready for. Oh no. Hella to just <laughs> no, sit there rigid. and eviscerate everybody. Get some, get some garbage Predator was my favorite movie at age nine. I I'm understand. Throw that out there. We're from a different time. Okay. <laughs> I saw alien at this age. So, all right. So anyway, we're going to give it all. We're all going to give that one a big old red tentacle. I would think, right? King, the conqueror, yes. oh, they yeah. can go anywhere That's with him. They can go back, Excellent. they can recast, Excellent. they can create different versions of characters. They can go any time with him. Avengers Forever, <laughs> right? Yes, yes, slow yes. fade. Slow fade. I'm interested, so, I'm interested uh, depending on who's writing. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, they haven't cocked up an Ant-Man 1 or an Ant-Man 2. I think they'll be fine with Ant-Man 3. I, 
think I'll pull it up. They kind of cocked up Batman one, but I mean, it wasn't bad. Well, that's only based on the potential premise of what we couldn't see being so awesome sounding. But I thought that Ant Man one was fine. I I actually really liked Ant Man one. What now? Rudd saved. Yeah. Oh, he he did. But I'm saying it worked. Yeah. And I loved Ant Man the Wasp. I thought that was a much a much more. I felt it felt it was a good movie all around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. I enjoy movies without uh, without having supervillains in them as well. Didn't we talk about this last time that you argued that Ghost was the villain and I said she's not the villain and then we agreed to disagree by drinking um, something? Copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah, something pretty like much. That. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think that might have been in the, in, the win- in the window where you were yelling at me. No, no, no. I think, I think what we came to was that Ghost wasn't the villain. Ghost was a victim. And Samuel, and, she was uh, the Lawrence antagonist. Fishburne. Yeah, and Lawrence Fishburne's character was actually the villain. I think you came to that conclusion and then started yelling at me. I think <laughs> he just made a series of choices. I yell a lot. He made um, choices, as we all do. I made a choice to watch the new WandaVision trailer. And oh, me too. It changed my opinion of that project because it tied the room together a little bit. It still looks interesting, certainly. At first, when they were sh- when they were doing that shotgun method of all the different stuff, I, I thought I don't, they and remember the early buzz was they were going to shoot different episodes in different styles, and it was going to be this this mm-hmm. little love boat of of MCU TV stuff. And I'm like, no thanks. But now that you're seeing some consistency, that the fantasy world is shown in one way, and then it's colorized, and then there's the edgy you know, the reality behind it. And now you start to see maybe the stories that they're pulling from to bring this together. It's not just maybe the vision series, which was amazing, but maybe vision and Scarlet witch stuff going on, maybe house of M stuff going on. Also I'm, Catherine, Hahn, yeah, I, or whatever her name, I, Catherine don't, Hahn. I don't care for Catherine Hahn. You oh, just shut the hell up. It, there's a more, not, there's enough of her to go around for us. I, I've never been a big fan. I don't know. There's a, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out personally by mm-hmm. watching that trailer. I keep looking for clues to who the actual villain is. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. like okay, look, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in yes. the Marvel universe. You're fairly versed. I feel like I have a number of comics which you can't see behind me. You know your um, iron yeah. briefs from your non-iron briefs. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, it's I know which Mark fucking yeah. which Mark of armor. Uh, which Mark two it is? Which Mark two is it? <laughs> How horny is the helmet? It's like it's like when I saw the New Mutants trailer from way back in the day. I'm like, holy shit, are we really doing this story? And people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, um, <laughs> and in the I'm end, hey, I think this is. <laughs> so, do you think that? Uh, do you think that um, she's Agatha Harkness? Well, no, I didn't. But <laughs> now I'm thinking maybe. Actually, I hadn't come to a conclusion on. What the hell was going on in Wandavision? But how uh, great! But how great was that one clip where she's like, "Am I dead? Why would yeah. you ask that?" Yeah, because I know you are. You are. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So anyway, I'm excited about that. Red tentacles all around for me. What about you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Marvels. We're Marvel fanboys. So anything they do, we love. Great right? cracking. N- no. You're. Great I'm sorry. Great cracking. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I am. I know. I'll take away your I'm, iron grief. I want to like it, and I love I love Mr. Jennifer Connelly, but I mean, I don't know, man. I see risk I taking. Sounds good to me. You know what? I'm taking away your iron brief accolades. Oh, <laughs> all right. Damn. 
So here's another one that seems to be somewhat controversial when I didn't think it would be. Tatiana Maslany. Maslany? Maslany? Yeah, you're right. No idea how to pronounce her name. Tatiana. Uh, Um, Because we go way back, I just call it Tatiana. Uh, She was tapped to be She-Hulk for the the Cat Koiro project that they're doing. What do you think about that? I'm in out here. I get it. What? You you folks go. You go first. Okay. Chris, how do you feel about it? I, I think she's great casting, actually. I I It'll entirely depend on how they're running the story with She-Hulk. Sure. If, <laughs> if she's going to be CG town all the time, but if they're doing something where she's Jen more often than she is She-Hulk, I think she's a really interesting choice for that because she's kind of petite. Uh, she's got some attitude. I, I'm, I'm a still... very interesting face. Very yeah. interesting facial features, which I like. Um, and also, it's like I was so wedded to Alison Brie because that had been floated so long ago. And so I was seeing that in my head so much when I saw this project that I'm refreshed that they picked someone that is a little less known. I mean, we know who she is, Orphan and Parks and Rec and stuff. But, I mean, I think it's a really clever casting choice, and I'm excited about it. However, you, you mentioned something that, of course, we're debating, which is in this version of these characters, what are they going to do? Because they finally got the technology to where they can rotoscope and CGI in the actor. They can have the actor just do everything, build them into the body and you actually buy it, right? The, the Avengers, the last two Avengers movies, they finally pulled it off with banner. You see Ruffalo in him. It's, it's amazing. Take away the giant meat hands and it will be even more and meat feet. And it'll be even, (laughs) um, pushed even but further I, out of I the uncanny valley <laughs> no one has seen her meat feet I don't, wait, let's consult uh what is it wiki feet let's not so, actually. so that that is i mean and we we, we totally hit on it like, what's that <laughs> hot key function so, f uh, i am not i'm not throwing shade at tatiana at all how dare you? i think she's fabulous i love her i've seen like i like back. her work yeah. i think she's a good actress uh-huh. My my concern is, of course, are we doing a new story? Which, right. whatever, fine, let's go for it, let's do it. Or are we doing like what the comics say? Because like, people are like Deadpool broke the fourth wall. I'm like, She Hulk's been breaking the fourth wall since. Mm-hmm. That's the I thing. Mean, it has come to on, be. Brother, to me, like, she has to be talking right to the camera through the entire well, thing. And, and the second and thing is, but the, yeah, but see, the whole thing is just going to be. Ally McBeal all over the place. Well, but you're, and, but no one cares. No one remembers Ally McBeal anymore. Don't worry about it. Um, also, <laughs> Smashy Smashy. Here's the other thing. Uh, but she's, she Hulk's never been Smashy Smashy unless it's really necessary. Well, but that's the thing. She's much more like the way Jessica Jones played. Yeah. Yeah. How she dealt with her powers. Yeah. The She Hulk from the John Byrne run and all that was, you know, yeah. this was my reality, but I'm not a, I'm not the Berserker, right? Right. The thing yeah. is, they took that. I mean, she was. Trapped in the in, I won't say trapped. She was in the Hulk form with intelligence before Hulk was, and stayed Agreed. that way. Yeah, and stayed yeah. that way, and was confident and and um and owned herself. Like her like in the she, power mini, like her yeah, in yeah. the power suit. Like She Hulk coming into court in the fucking power suit was right. always a. And then like shit would break loose, and she'd be in the power suit all shredded. And she's like, well, and that's what I worry about is, but that's what I worry calls? about is that they. They'll feel like they did this with Banner most recently. So with her, they've got to play up more of the transformations. And what I really want to see is them lean heavily into that aspect, which is what I loved, which was she's steps into court and uh, squeezes into the desk or like, you know, 
handing people tacos, right? Like I want, <laughs> I want that, I want the scale humor, right? Yeah. And I want her confidence. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's interesting. The, uh, the the lead writer was a writer for Rick and Morty right. on this, so it's going to have humor and it's going to have oh. no, it's going to have knowing humor, which will be good. Yeah, and yeah. Szechuan. Yes. Uh, okay. Another item. So, what red tentacles? Yes. Uh, I am optimistically red tentacle. I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not going to hold it to it. I'm iffy because I don't like. I mean, I we grew up. We grew up with the freaking the the sad walkaway music, Hulk. You know, and uh-huh. I don't. I grew up with US sure one and everything else was secondary. Hulk again. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not holding you to the to see if you can tell the future about whether it's going to be good or not. We're just talking about what you think about the news that we have, right? It sounds good, right? Change your, as change far your as score. As far as the of She-Hulk goes, yeah. I will give it a red tentacle. Yes. As far as my attitude about what the show's going to be, that might be more of a gray kraken. But... What, what if it's like one of those shitty uh, mainstream shows where she's like sometimes she gets angry, she gets a little greenish hue, and a little her eyes change, and then she calms down so they don't have to spend the money. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. It's all good. No, it's, it's all right. What? Sorry, it's just a she does like a, she's like a Peter puppy from fucking uh, Earthworm Jim. Yep. So here's <laughs> yes. what's gonna. So here's what's gonna make it either a red tentacle or a black octopus for me. What do you think is the percentage likelihood that they're gonna throw some lady times jokes in there? Some PMS oh, like kind of jokes. Period type thing. Yes, because I feel like the wrong writer. Yeah, because. I don't trust that's an instant ditch. That's an instant ditch for me. Yeah. So yeah, so that'd be Black Octopus, right? So we're in agreement. It's going to be great. Yes. Yes. I I know all of the articles I've read about her being cast was immediately like, but is there going to be period humor? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, speaking of period humor, Ms. Marvel uh, has been confirmed as having a fairly large persons of color production leadership which i really liked had nothing to do with had nothing to do with the previous subject at all other than females are involved both in front of the camera and behind the camera so listen we're just gonna, we're gonna cut this segment and we're gonna uh, start it over. the worst segue ever wow <laughs> i'm not saying uh... something from your segue history here tom <laughs> my segues are awesome they're 100 percent awesome Speaking of massive periods, Captain Marvel, <laughs> are, you, are you are you suggesting I should have delayed my response to that news item much the way Black Widow and Eternals have been delayed? You, you literally tried to turn it into a segue. I, I'm, I'm it's I, fun. Uh, Sometimes I'm you know you swing. <laughs> if you don't swing, you can't hit the ball. And in this case, the ball is questionable. Period humor. Period humor. <laughs> this is a. This is a fairly well balanced gender balanced podcast and i feel like endorse any of these messages <laughs> go go ask go ask your go ask your partner in crime up don't, don't i just own me. the website i'm not part of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i just own the website so anyway i'm really excited about the fact that um that the project is being spearheaded by not only people of color but also of um more relevant personal experiences Right, we have at least sure. one Muslim yeah. involved. We have, you know, female creators who are involved, and we have, uh, you know, people that are, uh, you know, straddling multiple cultures at one time. So all those things are important. They're the only things that are really interesting about the Ms. Marvel character, Kamala Khan. I mean, she's popular with the kids because she's a young character, but her power set's huh? lame, right? 
it's oh, about Ms. Marvel. I thought huh? you were talking about Captain Marvel. Ms. Marvel. I'm very confused right now. Kamala Khan. Wait, Muslim is character. Lame? What? Is she the she's... one that can punch? <laughs> she's, yeah, she's the, she's the one that embiggens. She embiggens. Yeah. Oh, like she, she, Mr. Fantastic. No, yeah, she eighties Mr. Fantastic begins. She just gets a big hand. Yeah, it's a big hand. She's lady impressive. Lady impressive. See now that's terrible, and you should take it back. I, I have been reading. I've been reading Miss Marvel since issue one, and I find it delightful. Yes, but Power Set is lame. We could all agree on that. So what okay, I'm saying is, I'm, I'm about to say something that's going to blow our minds. <laughs> Iron Man's a dude in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> what? Tom's headphones literally just melted off his head. Eh, I mean, he's right. <laughs> One of the things I like about those type Slightly of characters less period though, is that it's it's one of those where they're not Superman. Superman's hard to right. tell a good story with because he's so powerful. Yep. And you read a story like that where she's like you identify with her, she's got struggle, she's trying to figure out how it's like Hawkeye. Like right. he's an awful character. <laughs> but his stories are great. Well, but what I'm saying with that character is what's interesting. It's a lot of what makes Miles Morales interesting. You just like it's Hawkeye because he's a dude. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, bro. So what I'm saying is with Miles Morales, it's the same deal. It's a young person who's uh, who's not just, you know, has everything handed to them. White guy, but someone who who is straddling different cultures, struggling with their own identity, trying to figure out their way in the world. And is someone that kids are looking at on the page that they haven't seen so much of themselves in before so what i like about kamala khan is that she is that character for a lot of people what i'm sure. saying is when you translate that to a live action scenario big hand rubber face is going to be like it's going to feel very um arbitrary and strange as a power set to me it's not but it's really easy to portray for cheap yeah it is <laughs> big <True>. hands <laughs> and they're gonna i mean and it's gonna be i mean Kamala's stories are less about her fighting supervillains, right, and more about you know her just trying to navigate life. I mean, oddly enough, all the champions. If you've read any of the champion books, so that's like yeah. Miles or Sam or Wiccan, who right is not the name he should go with, right? And um, and Changeling, like like even Scott when they pulled Scott Summer, young Scott Summers in, like all those all those characters are going through like transitions in their life and it's it's really it's really interesting to read the champions book because it's all these young people being like i don't know how to fucking deal with this like what are you guys doing and one's like uh i'm a i'm a super genius so school's kind of bullshit and like because it's it, sam is not nova uh sorry sam is uh the new nova uh who has now been replaced i think by i think the old rocket's back i think i think he's out of the cancer zone doesn't matter so Sam is not a smart kid. Like, I love him. He's a good kid. And I, I really wanted to hate his book because I was like, I don't need a teenager taking over my Nova book. But I started reading his story and I'm like, this kid's got heart. Like, he just wants his mom and his, and his you know, his sibling to have a good life. Like, he brings back this giant chunk of gold from outer space and lands it in the backyard because they're going to get evicted. And his mom's like, Sam, where did that come from? He's like, space but it's gold and we can sell it she's like sam it's radioactive get it out of the backyard <laughs> you know He's it's like, a conversation oh, most parents have had at least one time yes 
Yeah. Also, speaking of uh, Wiccan and Changeling, there were the implication of some babies in that WandaVision trailer. So there were, there were. Granted um, that I was I was seeing it as the fan, the Phantom babies of the original story, yeah. and not the Wiccan and Changeling babies. But anyway, so the important thing about Ms. Marvel is it's going to be a story about Kamala Khan, not a story about Ms. Marvel, right? All of their good projects have been about the person, not the powers. Agreed. Big hands. Just kind of Marvel overall, frankly. Correct. Um, And then lastly, Black Widow and Eternals were surprised, delayed again, another three quarters of a year. I mean, the only reason I put that on here is it's a good thing. We're getting a little fatigue from like the Black Widow trailers and things, but the bottom line is I don't want them to go to theaters. I want them to wait. I just Mm want to wait. So to me, good choice. Okay. You would rather them wait than go VOD? Um, no. I would just rather them wait than put it in theaters. And yeah. I think that Disney used Milan as their test bed to see the cost benefit on putting a big budget film yeah. onto VOD. They made good money on it, but mm, you know, I feel like that was the wrong VOD. choice for them to test with. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. You think so? Yes. As Lana Kane said, yup. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the controversy and everything around it, it's a very focal thing. Yeah, There's but such they... such a, like a weird feeling about the live-action adaptations anyway. They chose the one that they pulled the music out of, lost the fun sidekick, and added a, a space witch or whatever. Yes, but and then but the most <laughs> of the controversy, though, they thought they, they somehow apparently were blindsided by, which is a whole other thing. But I think that on the other hand, they chose a project that would appeal to kids and adults. And so, or theoretically could appeal to kids and adults. And could have, I mean, if they took into account that not everybody's white. Yeah. It's not a very kid friendly movie though. Is it? Interestingly enough, my kids were totally fine with it. They loved it. Hmm. It just goes to show if you could kick an arrow into someone's face, it's okay. Uh I wet myself three times, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh huh. So, uh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'd love them all to go on to VOD, but, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I want to see them hold off on putting it in theaters to reduce the temptation for people to go to the theater and fuck sure, themselves over. Sure, COVID's a hoax. What did you say? COVID's a hoax. COVID's a hoax. <laughs> Fake news. I got a couple of quick uh, DC items. Henry Cavill supposedly signed on for three more films, plus cameos. Um, something that was rumored during fandom but not really announced but now they're saying it is do we think that's a good thing or a bad thing I guess it goes to say do we like Henry Cavill and his Superman or more importantly do we think that they can do something with that Superman I like him a lot I just think they have awful writers for him well one key detail to this is that I read in two different um, versions of the story was that he pitched a version he pitched an idea for a Superman storyline that they ate up and said yes and they dove in and it led to the multi-picture deal he has been ta- I don't know if it's true but he's been talking for a year about how you know he's been begrudgingly pre uh, Snyder cut coming back he was begrudgingly ta- saying to people here and there like well you know this, the Superman I grew up on was a hopeful character and a positive <clears throat> character and was inspirational and the Superman I've played has been a very heavy character that has you know, whatever, and then he has platitudes about what was good about it or whatever. But his point was, you never got that good, that feel good Superman 
you got a heavy a heavy heart Superman. And he was saying, yeah, you know, he, if you if you did some of these stories that I loved, it would be a gangbuster film. And so that leads me to wonder if that's the direction they go is they turn the tone around. And because he actually is very charismatic. He can yeah. He's even charismatic he's when he's being brooding and negative and grunty. He was more charismatic yeah. as the Witcher than he was as Superman. So, well, and that's the thing is he's like super uber nerd, and right. yes, if they let him have some control over it, it could only improve it because everything right. he does, he gets super into. So, I, I'm, I'm like, down. Yeah, I'm down. I, I I think if he has if he has some kind of creative input, I'm willing to give it a shot because so far I have never seen him do something that makes me upset. Like, like yeah. it's really. Hear me out. What if Clark Kent is really into Warhammer and building <laughs> computers? I know, right? <laughs> It'll be great. I so you're out a movie me playing The Witcher. <laughs> so you're <laughs> like, you know what? We would make money off of that. So you're saying wait, you, wait, feel, you feel Henry, like there's enough room in the world. Shirtless? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you shirtless? <laughs> so, you're, so you're saying there's enough room in the world for more super characters? Well, I mean, we're not adding anybody. We're just making Superman not a fucking mope anymore. <laughs> Well, we're not, we're not making Batman Superman. The DC giveth and the DC Superman. taketh away because they also randomly canceled Supergirl within the yeah. same week. Well, like, yes. TV series? Look, yep. look, DC Cinematic and DC TV are beasts that hate each other, and there's nothing we can really do about that. What do you think is more important for particularly younger viewer culture to have? Supergirl am... or more Superman? So, uh, I have recently I have recently binged so many superhero shows because yes. I need something to get me through what's happening right now. Time is meaningless. Yes, all of the Arrowverse up through Crisis on Infinite Earth, and now I'm just burning through the ends of the shows. And I saw one, as you recall. Yeah, and um, I am. Like if I were to rank the shows, Supergirl's way up there. Yeah, it is just she's a whole so charming. She's show. really charming, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm sad it's canceled. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like um, Benoit Melissa Benoit. Is yeah. that right? Benoit. Yeah. Ben, am I saying her I name? Right? I think it's Benoist. Actually, Benoist? okay. Sorry, I apologize. I fucked up your name. Um, but I, I like. I'll let her know. We go way back. Her state, like, she put it on Twitter. It's like, you know what? It's, we've had a good run, and we're wrapping it up, and we're doing a good thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, if you're not angry about it, then I'm I'm going to be like, okay, I'll give it, I'll watch your end season and be sad that it's ending, but. I think it was one of the best adaptations of a superhero costume in a slightly new way. I thought it was such mm-hmm. a sharp look when it came out. Oh and also, what? the one thing that I can deal, when the Brent one way I. Pants, and she was that? like. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's well, I, you know, I was down with the original one, but like my, my thing is, I think I can handle Supergirl getting canceled as someone who's never seen an episode. I think I can handle it as long as I can have my gift for perpetuity of Flash bringing her ice cream cones. That was a great gift. And I liked it. So, okay. Uh, and then lastly, there's... Flash is up there too. Flash is a... Yeah. I, the, fla- the Flash, the TV show, The Flash. Yeah, that's, a, really that's the sole survivor right now on the WB, right? No, no, Arrow and the Canaries is still theoretically going to happen. They're winding, mm. they're, mm, really? Yeah, mm. theoretically. Theoretically, it's still, 
like pre-COVID, was like theoretically we're gonna do hmm. we're gonna do Arrow and the Canaries, which is her the daughter and the two. Theoretically, is the entirety of the Star Wars segment coming up. But yes, um, the sure. last item in DC is, and this excites me based on very limited uh, evidence, but John Cena's Peacemaker is apparently getting an HBO Max series. I'm hundred oh percent there. Really? I don't need anything. I don't need a trailer. I'm totally there. So, I, so I, I told Ruby Peacemaker, and she was like, "The hell are you talking about?" I'm like, one <laughs> second, and I ran into my comics room, sifted through my checkmates, found a Peacemaker <laughs> cover, and said, "This dude." And she's like, "With the dumbass helmet." And then oh I pulled god. up the picture of him. And I'm like, "With the dumbass helmet." <laughs> oh my god. Oh it's my god. Like, this is gonna I be a ridiculous ass so movie. Much. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing, right? All right. Like, well, peacemaker, peacemaker. Really? I mean, right? Cracking heads. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So, in the Star Wars world, there are a couple of quick things. One of which, uh, casting Endor is still in production. Technically, the news item was that they got a new director because the original director and creator of the show was caught up in some other stuff, and so he's. His assistant or whatever is... I don't even write down the names. But anyway, uh, you know. They're, they're sharing I, the duties or whatever. It doesn't matter, though. The point is, they're per, they're continuing to develop the Cassian Andor series, which is good news to me. Uh, like Andor as in, like, like Wilford Burnley and Wicket hanging out together? Correct. Andor. Exactly. Andor, not Endor. Andor. Oh. <laughs> and slash or Endor. So, the other one... Um, wait, wait, wait. I have one. Can, yes. I answer one? Can I insert one here? Yes. So, if you haven't yet, please go and vote for Kanan's lightsaber for Disney to make those next. Oh, really? And stop voting for the fucking video game, please. <laughs> hey, dude, I mean, I, I I'm always talking for the about video game lightsaber, but Kanan, really? We're not going to make Kanan's lightsaber? We're not going to make Qui Gon Jinn's lightsaber? We're going to make the video game lightsaber? What the hell's wrong with you people? Th- this sounds like a very important subject in a controversy or a controversy that I've never even heard of before. Is this something oh. it like like Rebels End or whatever? Oh my god! Okay, so uh, Disney because they're losing money. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Please don't disrespect. I'm not no, no disrespect, Mouse. I love you. I will give you. <laughs> um, they they need to find a way He's to very, very the money. And they're like, about this. We were only going to sell lightsabers if you came to our parks. They're like, you know what? We will we will sell lightsabers to you on online now. Yeah. And they're okay. saying, fact. Here are six possible, eight, eight possible lightsabers we will make next. Which one should we make? And of the eight, Qui-Gon Jinn is one, Ezra Bridger is one, Kanan is one. Uh, the hell is the name of the kid from the video game? Which I liked, by the way. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. From, uh, yeah. Um, the kid who plays Ezra the Joker. The kid from the video game because of the, Joker the stuff. Kid. I mean, that's the one most people have played, right? Right. I mean, it's... So, and I'm like... Please make Kanan's lightsaber. Kanan's a very important figure to me. Please make him. But no, the, the kid from the video game is winning right now. So you can vote. Go online and vote. Disney will make that lightsaber, and I will probably go buy it. So It seems silly to me because you know the people that are voting are the people that don't have the money to pay for it, whereas <laughs> yes. the people like you that want it would be the ones that would actually buy the things. <laughs> Mike works a show with me. He, he says, do you want to, you Mike guys, works a show with like, me, and he's like, do you want a coffee or something? I'm like, yeah. I could use a coffee, whatever. He's like, yeah, 
I also want a giant infinity gauntlet. And then he walks over and buys a giant <laughs> infinity like, gauntlet. Got, you you are the target market for like high quality goods. Yeah, right. <laughs> infinity was just sitting there and staring at me. <laughs> and also he was sad. He was sad. I called, I called my partner. I was like, baby, there's an infinity gauntlet over there. Can I please go buy it? She's like, how much is it? And I told her and she's like, Oh fuck yeah! No, go buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but he was—he was in our line of sight. This was Wizard World uh, Bay Area, and there was no one there. This is the one where the even the tumbleweeds didn't have money. And I need to specify which Bay Area I know. show we had yeah. nobody there. Frankly, that's right. And and we look right down the aisle, and the sword and artifact maker was sitting there. He had he was like he was like Friday night or still or something like that, and he was just like sitting like the thinker pose, like he was just like mm, you know. It looked like he was about to eat like cold fries, you know. I remember and, uh, you sending me a picture of him, oh, like creep yeah. <laughs> shot photo of this poor sad man in his booth, surrounded by geeky wonderfulness. And yet, how much better was that than now? No, <laughs> I mean, really, I would kill um, to be at a Bay Area con right now. <laughs> well, speaking of killing to be in a um, desolate wasteland, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. season two trailer came out. What would you think about that? That's like the Lots big. Why are you guys just staring at me? Cool that was like stuff. the biggest thing a week and a half ago or a week ago. There was a shock boxer in the trailer. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of interesting stuff. It's just shock boxers are a throwaway character from the freaking adventure journals from West End Games. And it's yes. like, really? There's a shock boxer? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder how much cut. of that is like is it is it Favreau that's the runner on that? Yeah. If if he's that big of a nerd or if he just really if he's really good at hiring like huge Star Wars nerds to run that so show. It's him and the other guy the, the other director. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Dave Filoni. Oh Filoni, yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, well, he's, he's the heir apparent, so he's Star Wars, deep. man. Yeah. Boy howdy, if you watch the making of the Mandalorian, yes. which I highly recommend. Yes. He and Favreau are the biggest dorks I've ever seen in my entire life, and I love them for it. Well, the like, only problem now is the only problem now it. is you watch it and you're just doing nothing but side eye on Gina Carano, though. Mm. Well, you, you I watched know, the I watched the first four or five of those, and I and I didn't know that about her. What? You gotta separate the performance. Yeah, from the yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, but I'm saying you, you, you first... wouldn't watch any Hollywood because most of Hollywood's fucking. Yeah, but yeah. true, true. But the first four or five, I mean, we even talked about it on previous shows. We're like, oh, she sound so down to earth and sweet, and seems really pleasant, and she seems really nice. And then it's like, holy shit! So people can be nice and crazy. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Also, a cage fighter. You do own yeah, the website. Yes, you're right. Well, anyway, so and 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 it's been brought up several times. She comes from an environment, a professional environment that's kind of skews a certain way. It just came out of left field. The point is, she chose to lean into it in her Twitter, and then it was like there are a lot of people who have said some things, and there was a little bit of a clap back, and particularly people connected to Disney start to make some course corrections. And she was like, "Nope, I'm just going to go in." Ray Park, who's that? And she just dove right in, you know, and just going full Rowling. Yeah, yeah, real. She really is. Anyway, oh we aren't going to talk about that, right? We are. But so Mandalorian <laughs> season two trailer, you're down with it though, right? And how do you like the oh, fact? Mandalorian? That... Yeah. Man, the little baby being like, oh, shit's going to go down. Closing my, closing my pod. Isn't that the like, best? <laughs> I actually made my own gif of that before I even found one. I was like, oh, I got to have that. And the thing is, the other thing is, like, if you think about the first Mandalorian trailer, 
They didn't show. They shot it in such a way that you had no idea the Yoda thing was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they showed things from all throughout the season, and they never showed you a hint of what was really happening. And that's what delighted me about this one is they showed you some stuff, and they have n- and they're completely dodging the things we know that are going to be in this. And oh, right. I love that they did that. Right. There's it's so great. There's no Sokka. There's we saw no Sokotana. Yeah. Like, yeah. In this trailer, and you know she's in it. We yeah. know she's in it. We know who's playing her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No Boba Fett's, no nothing. Not and I like that. Small part of this. Yeah. She's not going to be like, oh, I'll be in the scene. No, you did not hire the actress for two scenes. <laughs> I, yeah. So I was completely delighted. I mean, I wasn't going to be disappointed, but I was excited when it happened. Right. Um, yeah. The Obi Wan series is reportedly including Commander Cody with Clone Wars flashbacks, including Hayden Christensen makes, being involved. Makes me happy. All makes sense. Uh, the more uh, I think I, about... <clears throat> well, and so I was thinking about that a little bit when I was writing this. Uh, the idea that there would be flashbacks and that Christensen would come back is rad. But the what, idea that they would include Commander Cody... Place? What's that? When does this play play, take place? It takes place when he's in exile, when he's run, when he's hiding... And, uh, Isn't that after he's had the high ground and yes. Aiden Christians the yes. crispy critter? Yes. This but is this is happening prior to, to New Hope, but after Clone Wars. And so what I'm saying so is Jira Maul. So it's him on Tatooine post post dispatching Maul. Right. Okay. And so what I'm saying is they're gonna have Sorry. Hayden Christian Spoiler. maybe they'll have Hayden Christensen involved, but it's flashbacks to Clone Wars stuff. Thinking yeah. about Clone Wars, dealing with Clone Wars memories. Rolling around, hugging himself in the at, at the fire, like. Ugh. But but here's the thing, I wonder if the Commander Cody stuff, and maybe you can refresh my memory. Did we see Commander Cody bite it at the end of the Clone Wars? No, Cody strips shoots the shit out of Ben. Right. So what I want to see is Commander Cody in the present day, and the Hayden Christian stuff being flashbacks to Clone Wars. Because oh, if cool. Cody is out there hunting, because you know how we're all like, why isn't Vader hunting? Hunting, he's hunting down Jedi. We've seen in Rebels that he uses the Inquisitors and this other stuff. There's a lot of storytelling about how it is that Obi-Wan, with his own name, is retcon. But, you know, how he's hiding out on this planet this whole time. This particular planet. I would love to see that Cody is hunting him down. That he's involved in that way in the present day. I think that'd be great. Well, I mean, they hand wave the Force bit by him, by him murking Maul the third time. Mm-hmm. On Tatooine and hiding in the dark, the dark zone. Right. So, so I'm 100 percent down with that. I love it. I'm. I went from being an eh on Clone Wars to being a super fan. So I'm totally down with that. There's also rumors that there's going to be a live action series with Thrawn and Ezra, which of course is obvious that it needs to happen. There's also rumors that Ahsoka Tano is going to have her own series. Be a live action. Well, but that's they've. I mean, they've been hedging. I, what here's my here's what I'm getting at. Rumors of Thrawn and Ezra in a show. Rumors I'm of that. Ahsoka Tano in a show. I'm Rumors cool that. that Sabine Wren and Rex are going to be in her show. Cool Rumors that. of... So my point being, at this point, I'm starting to wonder if any of this is has any basis in reality because it's like they're saying... And Star Wars uh, fan sites are notorious for this. It's like they're just shotgunning stuff that you know, a fan would like to see and saying, rumor has it. You know, yeah, that true. Waddle's having Waddle Yaddle, whatever, is going to have their own spin off, you know, not in Black Tentacle, yeah, Black, Black Tentacle, the other thing, the bad one. The one thing is they're not going to get, the oh, series came from 
That's right. <laughs> well, like, and- I pictured that as being like a weekend at Bernie's, only it's oh uh, and, and Wilford Brimley just like cruising around in the woods. I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> they even had rumors of a mall mall spinoff series. I'll tell you what it won't have is Ray Park, and that's what we read. Alluded Let's to earlier. Let's go to the mall. Let's go. Let's all go to the mall. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe people who were maybe um went to start the Star Wars celebration had a sense that he was gross, but I didn't know any of that until he flamed out bad. I have no idea what you're talking about. Ray Park. Ray Park. I, I know who you're talking about. I don't know any of the flame out stuff. So he started okay. posting to Twitter or something or Instagram oh, some really gross terrible things and so much so that uh disney said no thanks and cut him so any future mall appearances will be by someone else and of course then the star wars fan world jumped in and said it should be whitmer as well didn't he do the voice in solo yes and the cartoon series and the cartoon series so if ray parks um gross as apparently he is good he's got a good physique for it I mean, uh-huh. he was a super Supergirl villain. Whitmer, what yeah. super what Supergirl villain was he? He was um, Mister Mitzelpitalik, U.S. U.S. agent, U.S. patriot, patriot agent. Uh, he was he was a humanity first character, so anti alien. He was uh, a big okay. Hit. Yeah. The last thing I have here is that the Bad Batch gets a spinoff series, and I was actually a little bit annoyed at this because a I'd rather just see more Clone Wars or other things. Bad Batch. Felt like it was a wait. I wasn't a fan of the Bad Batch stuff in season whatever it is. Even that's seven. The, the like the the ones that the misfit like, yeah. training ones where like there was the one messed up clone that was in the locker room with them. And, yes. Yeah. The, okay. The I thought most of, of them were dead. By, well, the mu- no, mean, no, the mutated the clone that was de- the yeah. deformed clone that was given like this chance right mm-hmm. that was was believed in and got a chance to help his brothers out um was related but actually was was in spirit related but this the bad batch in the last season this new season of clone wars they're oh, okay. supposedly rejects their their mutation their clones that mutated enough that they don't look the same and they have affectations that are very specific to skill sets and stuff so they're oh, like okay. big strong one there's yeah. a sharp shooter yeah. there's a genius uh, yeah and what I don't like about it is you take away the look the same, talk the same nature of it, and you take away a lot of the nuance of what made Clone Wars so fascinating that they successfully gave us dozens of clone characters that were distinct people that you you see in your mind's eye as different people in that show, and you believe them. And right. we didn't need mutations that just look like different guys. Like over the loss of Fives. Like Fives yeah. was an amazing character. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bad Batch looked like it's like the Expendables, right? It just it, it, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Yeah, we, we're only on season five right now, but oh. yeah, like fives was like, oh man, that yeah. that was right. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing about the Clone Wars cartoon, as you've been experiencing, is that it does you know so much more to make this tragedy deepen mm-hmm. from Anakin through the through the clones. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so I mean that's it. Reminds me of Eisner Eisner era cartoons. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, for these three episodes, we're going to try this spinoff cartoon yes. in your cartoon. And it's like... Well, and that's what bothered me about it is that I, I don't mind if they do a Bad Batch cartoon. Fine, I'll watch it. But what I wish they did was the one episode 
as the backdoor pilot and then they're off. We See, my got, problem is right now we're in the middle of that sequence with all the droids off on their mission with the tiny guy that rides oh around and it's interminably long. Oh. I think we're on like episode seven of four of it. <laughs> and it's it's such it's such I'm gonna say bad writing. Like there's yeah. it's Awful. so jingoistic. Like it's like this is why a soldier dies. I'm like, don't you fucking say that ever again. Yeah. yeah there are hills awful. and valleys with Clone Wars writing, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well and well okay, and, and and but just know that if you stick through it and then you move on to Rebels as as you are in forced to do, Rebels has two of the best droid characters in it in two of the best droid scenes oh ever. My God. Right. So, so when does Rebels take place? Rebels uh, is pre New Hope. Oh, okay. So barely, barely Rebels is Rebels is leading up to not yet, but leading up to the formation of the Rebel Alliance. So yep. Rebels okay. is occurring at a time when the Empire is very fresh and strong, and we're talking about guerrilla groups that are all independent. And over the course okay. of the Rebels arcs, it's the, it's the independent rebel groups finding each yeah. other. Like fourth okay. to the end is probably rogue. Is probably um yeah, rogue. Right. Rogue okay. One. Right. Well, it literally is right because the ghost is in there. But it, then again, you, ghost is also in uh, Rise of Skywalker, which is doesn't make any sense. But anyway, okay. I mean, so like you keep it. I've seen Studebakers. Well, yeah, but <laughs> Rogue One in Rogue One, the ghost was seen at a time when big lasers are being used. So I don't think. All right. Well, yeah, but like the Millennium Falcon lasts. Oh, that's true. Series too. That's true. Okay, I got a couple quick miscellaneous items, and then we got to get to our other thing. So, um, Michael Hogan from Battlestar Galactica is in a very bad way. Did you read about this? No. What happened? Yeah. Um, at yeah. a at a BSG con or some con last year, he they say he took a step wrong and fell, and he. Um, got nerve damage and paralyzed half his body. Oh, now, I immediately read that as, you know, he was on a bender and fell, but that's because I can't disassociate him from his character in BSG. But it's still a really tragic thing because, like a lot of actors, we think that they're all millionaires and you know, whatever, infinity pools, but a lot of them are, are are working actors. And, you know, you're in between jobs, and you, if you didn't make the money stretch, you're in trouble. So... He's like a lot of actors who doesn't have a financial backbone. So, but he um, has made tragic. almost three hundred thousand dollars on his GoFundMe. Good. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I'm sorry that has to be the way it works, but yeah, it sucks. But at least I, it's neat to see people coming out for that kind of thing. Like, it's 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 hard because like I look at that and I'm like, well, shoot, that's. 17 years of my income <laughs> right right for, for something like that where they you know where they live and what they do and i guess she has to take care of him now and so she can't work either like i mean that's it's a little that's close to home I know. Tom's yeah. House, so yeah <laughs> well yeah it's dark times for him it's it's um it's frustrating it's scary um and you know i don't know i guess it's just it, it's sort of devastating when you hear when you see some Someone who in the industry had so much potential to do more work, um, you know, completely shut down and permanently. Um, similarly, yeah. similarly, I would feel the same way about all the puppetry in the Dark Crystal because that got canceled. Yeah, the segue I did from one negative thing to another for you. That was, that was a better segue. Yeah, I've not seen. What a bummer, though. I've only seen the first episode. What? And that's all. 
awful. I know. What? I, oh, it's no, because really? My wife and I were going to watch it together, oh, yeah. and right. then like cons happened, and then life happened, and it's right. just. And it just, I mean, it, it kills me to know that I haven't seen it. But at the same time, it's kind of nice knowing that I yeah. have Dark Rift to go to one of these days. But it's sure. frustrating that they would cancel a series like this where the, it was a front-loaded financial problem. Yeah, the amount of money they must have put into sets and puppetry and right. just the, the technology in it is just nuts to me. It's sobering. But again, it's the Netflix curse, right? They they allow shows one season or two seasons, and beyond that, it's based on subscribers and what their their viewing habits are, and they will just they will just cut 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 if it doesn't yeah. meet whatever those standards are, and they don't share what those standards are in the first place. Um, <laughs> right. Speaking of standards, pretty much the high bar for me in literature right now remains the Expanse books, and uh, you know how much I love them. And they announced that they're doing one final book, Leviathan Falling. Not a oh. super surprise because the way the story is going, it's they're aging them in fairly real time. So, you know, the the main characters in the latest book are 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 are, you know, hell a lot older than I am, and that's saying something. Um, <laughs> and there's plenty to go. We got plenty for them to do in the show. Um, this gives them a chance to really tie up the story in an interesting way, I think, which is exciting. The only thing that makes me a little bit anxious is that um, we were supposed to get the new season of Expanse months ago because it's already in the can and ready to go and amazon has not released it and i fear it's related to the just gut punch of cass anvar being investigated for harassment Probably. and i just i can't i still can't wrap my head around it but i but i can't wrap my head around it in that way that you do when you're like oh no someone i i thought i liked is is doing something nasty it's it's alleged right but i mean <laughs> multiple sources and you know investigation is ongoing so it doesn't look good and it's just so uh disheartening when you find out something like this about creators that you looked up to i guess or that you enjoyed but it's much more so disheartening when you know that they're hurting people mm -hmm. that's the yeah. important part right so i don't know maybe you know, maybe that's going to turn out differently than it looks like it will. But what the real question is going to be, what do they do after this season? If they do release the season they have in the can, are they going to write Bobby. out that character or recast him? It's really hard to imagine. Don't make Bobby the pilot. I'm in. Done. Sold. Um, <laughs> uh, one other side note. Uh, you know, I love my soundtracks. They recently released uh, the soundtracks for Expanse seasons three and four, but also a collector's edition, which is all these songs they're like extra songs that they were used in certain scenes. Like when someone's listening to music, it's those songs. Do you know what I mean? So like the rock and roll that the like sound when the, uh, when the, um, the racers going through the gate. Okay. So I'm going yeah. right to that. So here's what's so amazing about this, Mike, if you have Apple music or something where you can get it for free, I, I recommend this because, uh, in that scene, it was, um, highway star and okay. there are others like tighten up, by the Black Keys and a few other things that they've used in the course of the show. Here's what's brilliant. They're not the original recordings. They're new recordings with Belter Speak. And you don't hear it really. I want to go back and rewatch the show from the beginning again before the new season is released. And I'm going to be listening very carefully to hear this. But I didn't detect that when we the first time watching the show. But I didn't these songs sound amazing with Belter, Belter Patois in them. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 
absolutely it's like the, when they released the soundtrack of the the simlish trailer the music that was in the sims 3 and it was all the <laughs> i'm 100 percent there to me it was like until they until it came out i didn't know i needed it in my life um somewhat contrasted by them announcing that they were going to do a robocop prequel series about dick jones and that was something that i felt like i didn't need in my life Black like octopus. Just him as a cop in a post-apocalyptic Detroit. Nope, it's pre-RoboCop, pre-events yeah. of the first movie. Dick Jones before he's the big bad corporate guy. When he's a younger, sort of Wall Street style corporate guy. What? Okay, you know what? Wicked's gone too far. All right, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> Stop. Not every villain has to have some kind of fucking tragic. I was a hero story. Well, but some also. But also more more so, we we have this dearth of original stories, and we have these desperate needs to create stories and cling them to existing properties. If you were to tell me that there was a story about corporate espionage and intrigue and you know uh, conspiracy in a near future environment where there's robotics and guns and crazy shit going on, I would say that sounds like half of my cyberpunk campaign sounds fucking great. I mean, you yeah, put the pre Robocop label on it and it sounds like a like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I mean I'm okay with something taking place in that world because it's sort of also like that weird retro futuristic world that Predator Two takes place in. Yeah. I just don't know that it needs to be attached to any characters from either of those shows. Right. Uh, yeah. Black octopus. Or gray. What are you gonna do? Not black. Yeah. Yeah, black. I'll, what about I'll a, watch it either way because I have really low standards. Yeah, a gray kraken that has veins of black octopus in it. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's it's like it's just everything is. It's like in the '90s when like every villain got to be a hero in Marvel or yeah. like they're making. And I love Sarah Paulson, but they're making oh. Ratchet. You know, and it's like I'm not there. Yeah, they've I heard it was okay, but then I heard it got good at the last in the last episode. Yeah. Wait, wait, no. you're both talking. What? What? I, no, I just said that they gave the American Horror Story guy way too much power. Yeah. <laughs> well, I heard it was okay. And then in the very last episode, it's gotten AHS style again. No, gotten crazy. Whatever that is. Because I haven't seen any of those. I, and I don't care. I'm not an AHS yeah. fan. Yeah. Like, I fell out real early. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I like what stories you're telling, brother. So. Well, this is something that uh, Chris will comment on. But because um, I saw him do so on Twitter. Alan Richardson. Alan Richardson was cast as Jack Reacher for the uh oh, yeah. series. And you knew him from something else, right? Yeah, Blood Drive, which is uh oh, sadly canceled sci fi show that's amazing. Is it good? So, oh, uh, it's so over the top and ridiculous it's and right. I love, I love it's like that. like the closest thing to Grindhouse you're gonna find. Like it has fake commercials. Oh, and wow. it's Very great. Good. Like the you get like the film burns and like things like the film will cut off. It's it's super fun, and it's it's surprisingly like gory and over the top for sci-fi in particular. But I think he's excellent casting for Reacher because he's got the physique, he's got that like commanding presence. He also plays Hawk on one of the DC shows. Oh right, uh, right Hawk and oh, Dove, Teen yeah. Titans, he's yeah, Teen Titans, Titans. yeah. Are they just Titans? Whatever. It's the, like I haven't watched it. I don't know. I like Dove. Yeah. I like Dove myself, personally, more than Hawk. <laughs> I like Dove. So anyway, that's a good Hawk. thing, right? 
That was kind of weird and creepy. But I liked it. <laughs> it is weird and creepy. Wikifeet.com. No, uh, Jack Reacher. So he he fits the physiological framework of the character as, as written as opposed to the Tom Cruise version of that character, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Tom Cruise ones were fun, but they weren't Reacher. Yeah. Um, this one means something to me. Gal Gadot has. Um, is that how you say your name? I don't know. We've been, we've been debating it for years. <laughs> it's Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot or could be Gal Gadot. Remember, we, we debated this in like episode 12. We did. And I played like an audio recording of her saying her own name. It proved like nothing. Times, it proved nothing. I took away from that that her name was Galga Dot. And I was like, all right. Unusual. Anyway, she's, she's been cast. arcade cabinet video game. Yes. Gal- Galaga Dot. Put my quarter. Yeah, I'm just going to put my quarter right here. That's pretty rude. So anyway, um, she has been. Yeah, it's pretty inappropriate. You guys have been fairly inappropriate this whole time. So here's the thing: she's been cast in a new undefined spy thriller from Greg Rucka, and I don't That's know about a you, terrible name. but I can undef- undefined spy. Th- oh my <laughs> Actually, God. that would be amazing. Undefined spy. <laughs> I don't think she'd be good in coming to Quibi. She'd be fucking amazing in Lazarus. Well, mm. so okay, because what I was thinking is it's Queen and Country. I don't think she'd be good in Queen and Country. Yeah, I know because you have to. Yeah, I would well, watch it, but I it's not who I would have picked. It, yeah. it isn't either for me, well, but it, he's got like five books. It's better than Beckinsale, who yes. is terrible as that character. Yes, I mean, yes. don't get me wrong. I like her, but that was a that was a bad choice. We don't My want to offend Kate Beckinsale. Is her Instagram account? So. What's that? <laughs> it, it, Beckinsale's Instagram account is a delight, but it's pretty much the only thing I like her in. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway, so we'll see. I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I would, I would like to see um, that character go in a different direction in terms of casting, but at the same time, I want to see those stories. So, what? What movie was that that she was like a spy, like undercover next door to like some comedy people? Um, um, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, I have it, but yeah. I never seen it. She was she was fine in it, but mm. the movie wasn't very good. I seem to recall I it was like, like a serious spy thing. How do I look in this bra in this store? Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Guns, yeah. right? Is that pretty much what it was? <laughs> it's going to be Queen Country because. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus is a dystopian science problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. After all that, huh. nothing. It nothing. was. I mean, I had it. I nailed it. Right. That is the movie. Right. <laughs> oh, <I'm> uncomfortable guns. <laughs> all right. So look, there have been some down. There have been some downbeat items here as well. City of Angels was canceled, and granted, it oh. wasn't. It wasn't Penny Dreadful. The main series, in terms of its genre and its cohesiveness, it was but just plain dreadful. It what was it? Just plain? I I haven't I haven't seen any plain of dreadful. Of I liked it because it was still a period. I mean, uh, it, listen, fifties LA sounds or forties LA sounds great to me. I love that genre. I liked everything about the context of the story. It, it had some missteps. We'll talk about it another time. But the point is, they canceled it, and that sucks because I would have preferred more of it. They also canceled mm-hmm. Altered Carbon. That one I don't feel bad about. Because... I, I, I liked it. Yeah, but at the end I, of the second yeah. one, I was like, we got to do something here. It felt right. really it, like a retread. What? And I feel like they could have done something. 
Like they left that one open. Like yeah. it was a nice place to, to leave it. Like, yeah. And now we have this, this Takashi, which yeah, right. that was interesting. Well, but it did suffer the Netflix curse. It did go two two seasons, and so that's that's a risk. Um, do you know it was only when we were watching Hamilton as a family that I realized that Renee Elise Goldsberry was known for Hamilton, and I only knew her as Kelquist Falconer in Ultra Carbon. So when she comes out as what's her name, I was like, "Hello, then this is interesting." This is a thing that happened to me, and I'm sharing it with you. There's actors that play more than one kind of role. It's crazy. Yeah, but she was so much well, better known for the Zeitgeist project that I hadn't seen until very recently. And I was like, well, okay, here's the thing. She sings and stuff. Okay, Witcher is going to have a prequel because, of course, it is. Like, like whatever. Game? Or... They're going to do, like, Game of Thrones. They're going to do but they're... Witcher years before the current Witcher story. For some reason, but that was literally season one. I know. <laughs> what years before what? Which yeah. story is it years before? Because listen, <laughs> there's a late breaking in between each one. They're just like, and each episode takes place in five different timelines just to confuse the shit out of you. I mean, listen, I, it seems early, but it seems like they were like, well, this is doing well. Let's just let's get as much of this in the can as they can, I guess. But let's get one season of this before we cancel it. Yeah, it just it 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 came off really weird to me. Some random ass characters, because I yeah. mean, Cavill's not going to be in it, right? Yeah, Never it's supposed to be it. like back when the the Witchers are like before the Witchers are outcasts in their society. Oh and, my god! No, they're rewriting history. Super Witchers and stuff. It uh, it had the same um, WTF tone to it as today's news, which was late, really breaking that. The Boys is getting a spinoff featuring superpowered, uh, Vought superpowered characters in college. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Uh, Part I mean, of me I, was just I, thinking I maybe this is. It's been a lot of fun, but. Yeah. But that's not where to go with it, I don't think. And part of me was hoping, like, maybe this is some viral marketing for some bullshit, right? Like, maybe in the yeah. series they're going to be like, hey, here's. Because remember, they had that horrible, uh, spinoff comic about the sex island that was terrible like maybe they're going to be throwing these these things out there like oh it's superheroes in college and then they'll just bomb the facility or something and then it's okay mm. it was a fake out they didn't really maybe do the thing with the thing maybe not shit bags uh correct uh also another example of similar to the robocop thing where a project seems very tenuously tethered to its supposed uh, franchise origins. Forty-seven Ronin was given a sequel. Yeah, but which, in the cyberpunk yeah. far future. <laughs> like I'm interested. I'm there, like, but I just don't. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, this was not a movie people will watch ever again. I mean, what? Do I the mean, one I'll, or the I'll other? Watch it, but that's very strange. Isn't that strange? You know what it reminds me of? There's a there's a little known movie in the eighties called Highlander. Oh yes, <laughs> second Highlander in a cyberpunk world, and you know how well that shit went over? Yes, yeah, super great. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it, it went over well enough to get like a TV series and four more movies, but <laughs> I was like, cool, like, oh fuck no, go back to the one with just Samurai. Please. Yeah, really. <laughs> Jason Bateman has a project that was a greenlit that he apparently is directing and created and producing, but Mayor, they haven't indicated he will be the star, but he should be. It's called Superworld. 
and it's about a world where everyone has superpowers except for one guy. How hmm. could that not be him playing that guy, <laughs> right? Do you guys watch Ozarks at all? Um, I've only it? seen the first episode of the first season, but not for lack of trying. I will. But yeah, oh, I love him. That's a DuckTales episode, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like the, the entirety of Ozarks? For one character that keeps getting saved all the time. It's like Gizmo Duck or some shit. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I love, I love Jason. I want to see the DuckTales Ozark tie in. That yeah, was... yeah, really. <laughs> the uh, Outsider, was it The Outsider that he was producer on? Because that was uh. fantastic. That was a really good story. I yeah, love that. The last thing I have for you, which is also somewhat questionable because it has people I like, but also I don't like. Um, John Hamm is apparently rebooting Fletch. Hmm. That's a weird. Yeah, and he's he's got comedy. He can mm-hmm. he can play off mm-hmm. you know characters, but I don't want that. Mm-mm. I do not think. No, he is. I'm not ugh, okay. I didn't order that. Jimmy Chase is a thing. Yes, he is a thing. Yes, and it's. Like, I have not seen anyone who can be Chevy Chase. Yeah. Right. And people are like, people shit on Chevy Chase. Fine. Shit on him. But he is the thing that he is. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's good when he's on the screen. And Fletch was a Chevy Chase vehicle. It's not a character that needs to be someone else. I agree. A hundred percent. Like, unless we we get a reincarnation in Chevy Chase. The blackest of... Or, I mean... I wonder if they're going to base it off of the actual, like, the books, though. That's what I... I thought that's what they were doing. Yeah. Noir detective novels, but again, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they just make him doing another project? Why does it have to be Fletch? Like it's already yeah. imprinted as the Chevy Chase ham fisted. Yeah, I think that's the problem with that. Check full like, of I'm, period I'm humor. Ham playing a, a noir detective of some sort with a little bit of comedy, in, but in. the second you add Fletch, you immediately like predispose people to be annoyed about it. Yeah. Huh. Think about him yeah, in that. Weird. Um, think about him in that movie that we we watched and talked about on the California Nevada border. What was that called? Remember that one? Uh, sometimes uh, El Royale. Yeah, El Royale. Yes. Bad times at the El Royale. Yeah, I love. I love. I enjoyed yeah. him being Mr. Cool, but also something's something's wrong with him, or he's not as yeah. cool as he thinks he is. I mean, that's yeah. that's a niche for him because yes. he's playing off of. The stereotype that he had through Mad Men, I think that's a really good place for him to go. Well, I think that's just his personality. He is so I casually guess. charming. I watched uh, that um, travel show with the guy from the IT club or uh-huh. whatever that show is called, and he's on an episode of that, and he's literally just like, that's what he's like all the time is just like super casual, painfully charming ridiculously handsome. Yes. I mean, it's, it's like looking at you two guys, only all of the stuff I just said. Sure. Fair. 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 He's like Fair. a, he's like a live action archer. Well, and also yeah. si- similar to us, he was, uh, he held acting classes and taught a younger generation of jackasses how to be their best selves as we do yeah. on this show. You're right. Um, so I think that's pretty much the end of the news. The red side roundup. I suggest we move into a main event topic. Are you ready? This is an interesting one, I think maybe, or could be also not interesting. The other, Side, um, I thought we'd talk about unpopular nerd opinions we might have. Okay, because we tend to be really excited about a lot of things. I, in particular, among us, seem to be the most optimistic about projects and 
desperately try to find something positive about it, but you know. Tom, can I fuck up your rhythm? Can I fuck up your rhythm real quick? Yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> There's no way we're gonna pause for a bathroom break. <laughs> I I was thinking wave, I wave it away. Water. Yeah. So anyway, the idea is that there is you might have an opinion that uh, could be considered unpopular based on mainstream nerd culture or just your friends here or something. So um, I don't know. I want to put you on the spot. Mike, what's one I of your that. unpopular nerd opinions? I hate the new Battlestar Galactica. Which one? <laughs> the the one that came out. Not not Caprica, not Razor. The, the one that everyone loves. The one with Sackhoff. Edward James almost. Yep, yep. I think it's I think it's a badly written show. <laughs> I think I think throwing darts at a board to figure out who the fuck your Cylons are is stupid as fuck. Well, Ooh. they had some problems in the in the writing for sure, and then the writer strike screwed them entirely. But even at the hmm, that's interesting. And so even early on, you were like not having it. The first couple no, episodes, I was on for a while. But the second all on the Watchtower happened, I'm like, fuck this show. I'm out. Mm. <laughs> See, and I I have never finished that show. Well, you're and not missing it wasn't anything. <laughs> that I like rage quit or anything like that. It was just, it was one of those things where those were kind of hard to find yeah. and to watch. And so I just never like finished it. I think I saw, what were there, four seasons? Something like that. I, yeah. I saw the first there couple. Were three. Or, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the set design on them a lot. And... They were like, the, like the the gritty, realistic feel to some of the space battles. I thought were cool. Um, kind of some of the inner, like the inner political maneuverings. I thought were interesting. I just the Cylon menace made no fucking sense to me at all. Well, and you make a very good point though that after Watchtower, it fell apart. I actually thought that the Watchtower moment was thrilling at the moment. But then soon after, I was like, well, now it's Manchurian Candidate. Not so sure I, you know, it's sleeper cells now and anybody could be it. And it's just, it no longer has the, it no longer, like what made Boomer a shock was now played out. But uh, previously when the mechanic threw, like vented his wife out the airlock, mm -hmm. at that moment, it was still firing on all cylinders. That was a genuinely shocking and exciting thing I thought that happened. But when they all get in a room and decide, wait a minute. Everybody at the tables of Cylon, then it ceases. And then, of course, the the last season or the last half of it, where it just all went to hell in a handbasket after the writer strike. It didn't. I didn't even like the thematic choices they made, let alone that it made no sense. And then they built the plan, and the plan was that they had no plan. And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. If, if your opening segment is they have a plan, and you really don't have a plan, <laughs> angry. You've made me hundred yeah. percent angry. <laughs> Chris, what about you? No, that is legit. Like, it really did feel like the Cylons had no idea what they were doing, even from season one when I was watching it. I, they were just kind of dinking around, and they're just like, we've got a plan. And it was, yeah. And I've complained in the past about, in my atheist bent, about being annoyed when there's Judeo-Christian imagery in these shows. And well, yeah, is Superman, I... is the Superman, Zack Snyder Superman stuff too much or not enough? But sure, like, but you the... can't throw that. Sorry, you can't throw that Battlestar Galactica. I mean, you, oh, you I, totally can. Are you no, kidding you, me? It's, it's it's Moses. Like the old series is just. The I know Moses. that, but I'm saying that in the modern era, to make it just, I mean, it was basically just 
Jesus freaks. And it, it wasn't even an interesting, it wasn't even an, an unusual or an exotic form of religion that they were after. Oh, yeah, it just no, was no, very it, familiar. It, it went sideways fast. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, what about you, Chris? What's what's one of your unpopular opinions? In well, I know my most life? unpopular one is that I don't like the first John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. The first <laughs> one? Wait, wait, is it just the first one? You okay with the other? Yeah, the second one's fine. and it, nice. The first okay, one's well. all right, but it's just... Right, you come around. Fine. I don't know. Like... I and there's three of them, right? Is the the one with Charlize and her dogs? Is that the third one? It's, it's Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Yeah, that's you the, don't see that's color. the third one. Okay, so I like the second and third one pretty well, but the first one I've tried watching it twice now, and both times I'm just like, eh. and I think part of it is just that I thought it was going to be like this cool like neon noir crime revenge oh, yeah. thriller thing, and instead it was just like. I have 74 bullets in this gun and I, <laughs> I'm going to bullets. 76 guys with it. <laughs> so so I went into that movie with a couple, so a buddy of mine was in from out of town and we were having a really bad, a really bad time. And I'm like, <clears throat> let's just go to a late movie. We'll pick whatever's like, whenever we get there, we'll pick whatever it is. And we'll just sit down and just forget the shit that's happening right now. And we picked that one and we sat down and we're like, we expect nothing from this movie we just need to not think about life and it got to the scene where the the villain picked up the phone and called um leguizamo leguizamo was like they stole john wick's car and killed his dog and the villain goes oh and hangs up the phone and i turn to my friend and says we have grossly underestimated this movie <laughs> like like just that one sequence i was like that's what every villain should always do it's like oh fuck you you fucked with you fucked with that guy. That was a choice. That was a choice I'm gonna have to fucking pay for. That's unfortunate. <laughs> well and see, and I did actually like that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I really liked that part of it. His nickname is Baba Yaga. Stupid. Yeah. Uh and like my least favorite part about the second and third one is the whole labyrinthian bullshit with the gold coins and all of that stuff where they're like oh look at this coin and it has like a secret compartment in it and there's this whole like backstory nonsense i haven't oh, even seen anything i've only seen the first one oh, uh, really? it, i have the other ones but i haven't watched everything them. with the hotel gets more over the top by significant increments it just feels like at the end of the first one he couldn't take it worse than it already was fleshed out i think I think you would like the further ones because uh, what's his name, the Mater Domo at the hotel has Ian a much McShane? larger part in it. Ian McShane, uh, no, no, not Ian McShane's Ian McShane's um, concierge. Oh, yeah, okay. um, what's his name from everything that I like? Yes. <laughs> yes. So he's Agent Royals from yes. from Freaking Fringe. Yes. He's Zavala from Destiny. Yes. He's yeah. uh, he's Armitage yeah. Armitage from. Lost, I think, or something. Yeah. Something other. Than, yeah. Yes. Okay. The man, with the best voice in the face of the planet. Oh, the fact man. that we don't know his name is very funny between the three of us. Uh, well, I no, know no. Like... What's funnier is we do know it. It's lost in yeah. our brains because <laughs> Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick, of course. That's, that's what I said in my Good mind. <laughs> but we're just old, and that's the state of this podcast at this point. It's that one guy that did the I one thing. I don't know what you're talking about. This is just vocal burn. Okay. So, so oh, wait, wait. Before we move on. Um, have have either of you seen Hotel Artemis? Not yet. I have. I have it on I my queue, it. but I, I haven't seen it. 
Oh, I was wondering because it has a similar feel to the John right. movie. It does. It's right. Totally live in that in that space, but is a different kind. I of... like. Yeah, it's it's got a little more like that grindhouse tower defense feel to it. Agreed. And like I think Jodie Foster's great in it. Oh man, I loved her in that. That came out at the same time as uh, El Royale. It or did. El Royale, whatever it is. And I remember yeah. being like, well, these two both look interesting. I can't wait to the watch them. The set better in El Royale, <clears throat> but the movie's better in Artemis, in my right. opinion. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, plus you have Goldblum as a villain. I mean, which is, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that cast is amazing. Batista's great in it. Oh I love Batista so much. Yeah. Um, so okay, so I'll give you one. Uh, I actually Sorry. find the original. Sorry. What's that? I said, what's yours, John? Oh, yes. <laughs> I find I'll give you I'll give you one. I find the original Harley Quinn grating as hell. Like I don't like Harley Quinn as a character. Huh? Like the animated Batman series, Arlene Sorkin's Harley Quinn. You, I know we have you. We've had some words about this. I don't like Harley Quinn from the moment she was created to when Margot Robbie was cast. She's oh, I liked. I liked. What is she? <laughs> She's Not evil Betty Boop. <laughs> I like her. I like the image of her. I like the graphic design of her a lot. But so you just I, don't like it when she opens her mouth. Yeah, the Jersey. I thing, see how you are. Tom. The 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 Jersey accent and the I see what you did. The Jersey <laughs> accent and the kowtowing to, you know, Mr. You know whatever it is, Mr. Joker all the time, and Mr. J. It's like this constant simpering and Mr. Joker. <laughs> yeah, just. Well, I mean, I'm sexy character... and crazy. I kill people. It's funny. I just the none character... of that. No, I mean, I'm not. It the started off, but like her, her and Ivy, like they did some very progressive stuff in yeah. the in the '90s with her and Ivy. Mm-hmm. What? Well, so you said until Margot Robbie was cast, right? You like Margot Robbie's very Harley much, so. very much so. Because she, because she, a because she reigns a lot of that in, b because uh, I liked a lot of um, a lot of those designs as well. But um, also, they basically cut out a lot of the overt need to be tied to and be subservient to Joker. Have you seen the the Miseducation Fabuloso no. Explosiono? No, I have not. Okay. Are you I liked it. The, hmm? the- I want to see it. The Birds of Prey one, yeah. yeah. I I enjoyed it. I I did too. I hoped for more. I don't know why. Yeah. I was I really I was really disappointed in Montoya and it colored Agreed. the entire rest of it. Agreed. I Actually, could the not who played, the who played Black Canary. Yeah. Who is uh, in... Julie Smollett. She's great. I was I was like, that's a really cool take on that character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really liked her. Could not stand what they did with Montoya in that. And she's a she's a scene stealer in Lovecraft Country too. I mean, she has a very distinct presence on film. That you, I mean, you grab. Oh, that's the same person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's I would never have guessed that. Yeah. Black wow, Canary and okay. King the Conqueror in the same project. I mean, she she's wearing different pants in Lovecraft. Country, <laughs> I mean, so. very much so. <laughs> The fact that she's wearing pants is interesting. Um, all right. Well, so anyway, I mean, I, you know, I, again, I didn't watch the animated series. Um, I'm not. I've never been particularly wedded to the idea that she's this character's following wait, wait Joker a around. Either. So you haven't seen the animated series? Batman animated series? Nope. 
I like the Did art, like but I've never watched this. I've never watched it. Hmm? No, <laughs> I know. And scene. So is that my so second like, item? <laughs> did you watch Batman Beyond? Uh, you know, like in each of them, I've seen a couple episodes. It's like Sopranos and Breaking Bad. I saw one or two episodes. I, I know you're like ten or fifteen years older than both of us combined, <laughs> but correct, <laughs> accurate. Like, get off my lawn, like, Chris. Actually, it's a really cool. It's a really cool thing that happens. So in which there's a Joker game. Oh right, no, I yeah, I mean I've. I'm, yeah. I, I have I have familiarity with these projects on the peripheral just from being interested in the industry and reading about them. But I'm drawing, I've drawn most of these characters. Yeah. It's just I haven't watched because I'm I'm of an age that when all these cartoons were coming out, I was already working. Sure, that's really sure. surprising so, to me because the the animated series feels right up your alley. Like yeah, yeah. all the, the set design, everything yeah. about <clears throat> the Bruce Tim feel is very yeah. Well, ten years ago. I realized, hey, you know, eventually my my kids will watch this and I'll watch it with them. And it's that's how scary. I saw yeah. like oh, I own I own the Batman Beyond stuff. I'll mm-hmm. let you borrow it to watch with your kids if you want. I would like to rewatch Beyond again cuz I haven't seen it since it aired. Like I remember Terry McGinnis. Like, yes, I saw the pitch for Batman Beyond and was like, "Wait a minute, you just took fucking Nightwing and Iron Man and jammed them into one character? I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like yeah, it's like Terry McGinnis and like it's a show that Tim loved so much that when Beyond got canceled and he was still running Justice League Unlimited, he took the final two episodes of Unlimited and said, fuck you, I'm making a Batman Beyond series. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Batman Beyond in these two episodes and there's nothing to do with Unlimited at all. Well, but to the point of to the thing about my kids, though, I was like, eventually I'll watch Batman, the animated series with my kids. Yeah, my kids started watching Teen Titans or Titans, whatever it is. The Titans go, go, go. No, no, no. First, it, I thought they would, and I showed that to them initially, and they weren't interested in it. Then we okay. watched the Titans cartoon, uh-huh. the regular one, and then we yeah. started watching the, was it the Brave and the Bold or, or Young Justice or something? So they oh, sort oh, of bled in. Justice, didn't you? What? Young Justice. Like, yeah. Young Justice is just such a step beyond. Yeah. All those old cartoons. Young Justice. I watched that. I watched World's Finest, I think, maybe. So there was, like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It's the same. Yeah. It, it's the evolution of, but it's a similar set yeah. of tools, right? Yeah. And so it's, I'm it's like, better. oh, I'll... What? It's better. <laughs> What's like, better? It's, it's, it took all that... Like, like the Batman stuff was... Controversial like, nerd opinion. I know, like, <laughs> the beginning step, it's like, we're going to do this, and people are going to dig it. Yeah. And then it evolved two steps up, and you got yeah. to these. Like we're gonna tell some complex stories with some teen with some teen superheroes. Yeah, and yeah. like there's complex crap going on yeah. in Young Justice. Yeah. So you know? I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I didn't see the Batman animated series, which is a weird hole. But at the same time, I know I'd like it, and I've seen this other stuff, and was like excited when my kids got to the age where they would watch it. And what's interesting is somehow they've now gone backwards, and now it's 100 percent Teen Titans Go. Like all like, the time, I like Teen Titans Go. It's Booyahs fun. everywhere in my it's, house. It's it's a fun. It's fun really random, and I like just... I like zany, weird, um, obtuse cartoons like that that go very fast and have weird references. Again, I haven't watched most of the Family Guy. I know it's a, it's, a, it's oh maybe I should put that on my list. But the point is, I can't. Stand I like Family Guy either. Yeah, but like I like what I like about Rick and Morty. What I like about mm-hmm. You know, Teen Titans Peanut Go is an example, huh? 
What? Pickle? Pickle. I, I haven't gotten to the pickle yet. But what I like about these shows is they're throwing weird stuff at you very fast. And then yeah. you keep going. And the kids may not get it. But an adult in the room kid, cooking or something is like, wait, what? And yeah. uh, I actually think there's a lot about the framework of Teen Titans Go that really amuses me. How they break <laughs> into songs. How they break mm-hmm. into genre. And all of a sudden yeah. they're doing some wacky thing. And I'm like, what is even happening on this show? I love it. I love how meta they are at times because there's, there's been like, which Robin are you? Yes. Wait, there's more than one. Or, you know, it's like they'll do random shit. It's like, well, are you dick or are you freaking? And then it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Robin. <laughs> yeah. And then even they even had one where uh, Raven's demon father came and cracked yeah. a hole in the world or whatever. And then the and then the Teen Titans regular animated version ones came in yeah. and it was yeah. both of them in the same cartoon and they're like what yeah. like it looked like that <laughs> you know like it was really weird um okay so mike do you have any here give me another uh unpopular opinion i hate david lynch oh <gasps> you talked about that last time what? when we were talking about dune i so david lynch movies give me a migraine yeah like literally i'm not making i am not making a joke here because i'll be what so i have a hard time with with non-narrative structure yeah so like if if your story doesn't make logical sense i will actively try and make it make logical sense and every time i watch a lynch movie i'm good and i'll I'll keep piecing things together until it's impossible to piece together and my brain physically locks up and i get an excruciating migraine (laughs) like it's just it makes me so angry the only thing i can watch is dune it's the only i was wondering how you felt about dune yeah um, it's it's because Dune is not his story, right? Right. Dune is someone else's story, and there's enough lynchiness in there to make me queasy. But <laughs> it's not it's not Lost Highway. It's not Lost. Or it's like impo- like that phone call. I'm like impossible. This phone call is impossible. <laughs> oh man! So the the new Twin Peaks stuff is the most Lynchian oh, lynch yeah, that's I, ever lynched too. It's Oh man, it's it's in, like I love I like David Lynch a lot, and I love I love David Lynch, and I like what David Lynch does. Like him as a person, I think he's hilarious. I I oh. love everything about him. His weather reports. <laughs> his weather reports. I'm just I like I just can't watch his work. Yeah. I'd say about him as a person. Yeah, yeah. Like he like I could like listen to him just like do his laundry or something, but it would still probably be very confusing. <laughs> Yeah, That's I fair. Do. I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm even okay with like non-linear narrative, but he's he's just like no stories. I mean, there's a story here. Doesn't have to. There's we're good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like there's a story. I just don't have to finish it or tell you I, important parts of it. <laughs> or you? it's all the same story. I'm like, is this all the same story? You guys <laughs> just me right now. Is this all the same story? <laughs> tell me. He's he will never he will never uh, delight me more than in uh, Lost Highway I think it was when uh, <clears throat> what's his name just suddenly just breaks everything just kicks like hits his glove box and goes you like porno I'm like to me at that moment I said well this is the pinnacle of his work and it's never going to get any better than that because it was really random so weird uh, so tangentially I'm my just sitting on the TV and looking at him like. No. Well, no. tangentially, no. so my friend works at a Cadillac dealership, and he's uh, 
he for years and years and years he he managed the accessories department but like okay. been there for years right like so he's been there for a long time anyway uh at one point um ice tea came in no snoop dog snoop dog came in very different experiences Right. So wait. It's very important. It's very important. You get this right. He's got a story. He's got a story for each of them, and I'm trying to remember which one's which. Okay. It's an iced tea story. Iced tea is the one. Don't be rude. Iced tea is the one. Don't go spray painting my garage door. So. Ice-T came in. He wanted big tips and some other things. Hey, just the tip. He wanted tips and some other stuff done to his caddy. And so they said, okay, we'll do it. And so he left the car there. And at one point, they popped the trunk. And he said it was absolutely packed. Full. The trunk was filled with porno. And, like, dog-eared porno. Like, vault. Like it's like a lifetime collection was in the back of the, of the caddy. VH, VHS tapes. Big, like, magazines. Stuff that was like shredded, like it's like a nine-year-old boy's fantasy was the back of this truck. Like huge amounts. And so then they're like, mm, they close the door again, whatever. They finished the car, whatever. When he, um, <clears throat> when he picked up the car, he was like, you know, good work. You did a really great job, whatever. And then I got something for you. And then he opened the trunk and everybody was like, gah, 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 gah. and then he pulled out something like some cash or whatever and gave him some tips. And so... It led me to believe that it was deliberate, like he does it for shock value. He did it just to, oh, to mess shit, with him. Right? But can you imagine that moment where he's like, I got something for you, and then he pops the trunk, and you're like... Mm, no, no. So I mean, lot. really, if you're if you're carrying around like like 60 grand in cash, where better to hide it than sticky porno mags? E- <laughs> unpleasant experience all around. Chris. I it's like a trash bag and you open it it's just like these rumpled porno pages and directly below that's a briefcase full of cash (laughs) so chris do you have a do you have another unpopular opinion um yeah i've i you have many of them actually i've I've never seen 2001 (laughs) it's not an opinion but it's a it's a true fact that's embarrassing tried watching it a couple times and didn't care for it. It's a really long movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like I should like it. Andromeda Strain is one of my favorite science fiction movies. And it's incredibly long and slow. Set designs are amazing. And, but I just, I've never been able to finish 2001. I've watched it so many times. I used to project it on the wall of our loft when we had parties. Although technically that doesn't mean I'd saw it, right? Right. It could be it pretty a, bougie. I'm just showing it, but I'm not actually watching it. Like outside the movie, I have a like it's one of, it's a bonding experience with my grandfather because he's like, "We need to watch this," and I was like, "Oh, like I was like fucking ten or something." I'm like, "Okay." okay. So I sit, like he sat in his lazy boy. I sat at the foot of lazy boy between his legs. We watched 2000, 2001, and we got to the point where. Uh, Bowman goes into the monolith and my grandfather puts his hand on my head and goes, and this is how it was explained in the book. And it probably won't make any sense now. And it didn't make any sense in the book. (laughs) 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 I have kind of a, like a loose relationship with pretty much all of Kubrick's stuff. Like I don't hate any of it, but I also don't love any of Kubrick's stuff. 
he was he was a, a problematic person. Very like, like he like he terrorized Shelley Duvall on yeah. Shark. Mm-hmm. Like some of those scenes are not her acting. Yeah. They terrorized her. Yeah. And I'm Terrible. like, I don't know if I can watch this movie anymore. No one. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's uh, like the stories of him sending fucking PAs out to take pictures of every door in San Francisco. Like so crazy. Like, he's just like a his, duke, just, man. Yeah. This like crazy intense obsessiveness. It's like, yeah. Well, and, yeah, yeah. He would put like that, that much time and effort and money into that uh, eyes wide shut yeah eyes open. wide shut eyes wide shut yeah that had no that had no there was no there there to that no i mean i, mean, I get like he puts there's there are there are things on the screen that yes. are only there because of his freaking obsessive nature i'm not sure i can get by the obsessive nature to validate those things yes. yeah yeah so, i think that's fair yeah Okay. So that's uh, Tom. What about you? Yeah. What's your, what's your next one? I vastly prefer a pre-Venom symbiote. So I hate Venom in almost oh, all its forms. In the black suit. Yep. I hate Venom in all its forms, with the exception I'm kind of interested in the Commando Venom. You know, just because it was an interesting take on it. But from the '80s on, all through the '90s, all through the aughts, when everyone, all anyone cared about was Punisher and Venom. I yeah. thought the Venom was the worst idea ever, and I was very disappointed because the designer in me was just like, "The black costume is the best shit ever," and hey, <laughs> it's 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 telling it's giving him some bad mojo and it's encouraging him to be a little, uh, you make some bad decisions. Doesn't trust it, throw it in the trash. Um, was a very interesting approach to something that in Secret Wars was just a hand wavy way of giving him a costume change. An alien yeah. machine made it. The idea to make it sentient was a really fantastic choice. Okay. I just love the window of time when he was just wearing that costume to this yeah. day. It's my favorite. And is that when he had like the, the cool, like dark hair and was dancing in the, the restaurants <laughs> and stuff. We don't talk about that movie. <laughs> um, so, but once he became well, venom, venom and yoked out, I just hated it in, into the spider verse, but we can't talk about the, oh, the right. right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Cause we have to have threes. Mike, what's your third one? Oh, balls. Uh, I should have I should have seen that coming, and I would I'm not ready for it. Yeah, now. I know I'm not ready either. Um, Brussels sprouts. You lost all your Micronauts feet, and you were always afraid to admit it. I actually I actually never got Micronauts. Holy shit! They had these little white feet that would pop off, and their hands and their feet yeah, would fall uh, off, and you'd never find them again. Wait, does anybody else? I, I, I need to think. Does anybody else have one? Because I don't yes. at the moment. Let me. I know I have one. I just. You're right. We need it. to give you some time to think, so we'll pivot directly to Chris. Chris. But wait, I'm still <laughs> thinking. This is not fair. I thought I had Mike's. Sorry, right, Chris is like. I really dislike podcasting. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hate podcasting so much. <laughs> um. Okay. I like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Freaking most I, up. great. 
yeah, I think it's great. And I love the TV series, too. They're two completely different beasts. And yeah. neither of them are, like, necessarily the best adaptation of the story. But I really enjoyed the, the movie. The book isn't the best adaptation of the story. That's fair, too. Yeah, the radio ad is definitely the best, but... Something else. I know. I know. There's... <laughs> there we go. There's a controversial nerd opinion that both of you agreed with. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah, I had good job. Good job, Chris. <laughs> but until very recently, I had a pretty much. If Zoe Deschanel's in it, I stamped approval. So that's kind of. That's a good point. I should have realized that you liked it because of Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, but... and I pretty much like it because Warwick Davis is in it. Yes, so. of course. <laughs> but recent Zoe Deschanel has been turning me off because she's she married the guy from House Flippers, Fantastic Five Thousand, or whatever it is. And then they just post Instagram videos where they're lounging on furniture in these uncomfortable looking clothing, playing video games on live cha- on live uh, Instagram stories. And I'm just like, did I you see like the became a cartoon? The pictures from Lily Allen and David Harbour's wedding. So oh, I those, did. That's a great pair. And listen, so I did. And I also uh, brought that immediately into my wife and I said, did you know this was happening? And she's like, I did not know that was happening. Like, that really <laughs> took me by surprise. I, I, I like Liliana and I like David Harper. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I love it. But isn't I it like a world's a colliding kind of thing? Couple. Yeah. Total world's I got, colliding. I got yeah. mine. Okay. Got ready. Mine. So, um, I feel that bringing Hal Jordan and Barry Allen back from the dead in the, in the, Ots is that Jeff Johns's work? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a disservice to all of comic history. There you go. I think a lot of things that Jeff Johns did during that era qualifies as that. <laughs> Frankly, I think a lot of things that John Johns did in that era was pretty poor. <laughs> I just I so reading reading Crisis when I was a kid, right? Reading Crisis when it happened and Barry Allen sacrificing himself so that all of the multiverse could survive was like, I was like, wait, these motherfuckers can die. Like, and this is me. Yeah. Drop a parallax thing. Like a fucking crazy boy. Like, Motherfucker. As a 10 year old. No, I, I was just like, wait, Barry Allen's dead. And then for the rest of my life, Wally West was freaking the flesh. Yeah. And I right. West being like with his legacy and knowing who Barry Allen was and then the parallax thing happened in Emerald Dawn. I'm like, this is a great fucking story. Mike, These are good things. You I mean, know, it's funny you bring that up, though, about Flash, because I've said, we've talked about this many times, that we both really loved this the arc where Bucky was Captain America, and at the same yeah. time, the arc where uh, Nightwing was Batman and Damien okay. was Robin. We like yeah. the, the stories where the character takes on the mantle and has to live up to it, but it's a new person, new character. And it didn't yep. even occur to me because I wasn't reading that much DC at the time when I was a kid. But Wally West as Flash is a really great example of them sustaining that for a long time. Yeah. In continuity. Yeah. And then like yeah. Kyle Rayner. I thought Kyle Rayner was a great Green Lantern. And he apparently was, yeah. people lost their shit over that for some reason. He was a, a completely different choice too, and I really I liked him as that a lot. I yeah. wasn't reading a lot of DC at the time, but I picked up all the Green Lantern stuff mm-hmm. during that time frame. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so my... I really think I really think that bringing those characters back to life is is a step backwards in a, in promoting storytelling for a, like not just a new generation, but just like teaching people. Heroes die. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so so at a more fundamental level, though, 
I'm I struggle to think of an example of where bringing the character back was ever a good thing for for the bigger picture of storytelling. It's been rationalized as well. It's it's cyclical storytelling, and no one cares. And the kids, the boys, nine to twelve, uh, age out, and the new ones come in. So who cares? But by the same token, why do you have to bring it back? Right? Like it if is, it's new, if it's a new audience, who yeah. cares anyway? Uh, it is such a strange thing to like have an industry like comic books that are so built on decades and decades of storytelling and old grognards like us that read have read them for decades and yet they still find the need to continually bring people back from the dead and make death unimportant in the stories it is it is such a strange storytelling crutch that they use i just want to fact check you actually we have two grognards and one finard so (laughs) yes but I mean, like you, you and listener land get to choose which of us is the finard. That's Ooh. right. But I mean, I think, <laughs> and I don't know whether this is true though. Maybe even back then there were more reincarnations. But it seems to me, back in my day, that you had a very select number of characters who died, and it was meaningful. Like Guardian was a huge deal. Alpha Flight number twelve. Jean still, Grey as Phoenix, not, Dark Phoenix. Still not, still not back, which makes me happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Although, although my favorite, my, the, the one that's super meaningful to me for um, reasons of my family, still Captain Marvel, Marvel, the original. Um, Absolutely. Like, and if they ever bring him Everybody back, who had a cancer in a family, I will be right? writing a very sternly worded letter oh, to Marvel no. being like, Ooh. The all strong. caps in the letters column. Well, but so like Jean Grey and Guardian and a few others that we experienced when we were young were meaningful because they died. And even as they started coming back, I remember, you know, at that age being like, oh, no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't bring them back. Yeah. It's not, it's not new. It's not exciting to do that. They did some really like, okay. So Guardian is an, is is an interesting example because he came back, but it what like it was, it was a complete charade. Yeah. Like it was not, it was not Guardian. Yeah. (laughs) It just looked like Guardian. And it was like, aha. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but you know what's like, interesting? Time, like, it turned out who that was. You're like, does Marvel hate this superhero team? Because it feels like Marvel hates this superhero Absolutely. team. Absolutely. But do you, but also, do you I think, think that's it, a safe bet, actually? Yeah. <laughs> Master was never my favorite. But I, in my memory, though, back in the day, you didn't see a lot of comics that had flashbacks. Or you didn't see a lot of comics that were set in the earlier time. The idea of going back and you doing a year one for Batman in yeah, the late yeah. 80s was a, it was a very novel thing. Yeah, and the Batgirl yeah. year one was very novel. Oh, Batgirl um, year one was excellent, too. Yeah. I love that book. And some of the later, like in the 90s and the aughts. Huh? Who, who's Batgirl year one? Uh, it's, um, whoop. Uh, gosh. Who did oh, it? It's Barbara. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, but I can't, I can't remember who it is that did it, but I loved the art. In oh, it. it was amazing. It was the first time that I accepted the yellow. Yeah. Yellow really? combat okay. boots. Well, and so, um, but like the concept that you would do a digest or you would do a, a comic that was set in the, in the theoretical continuity or would like retcon in and fit into other comics that had already, uh, happened in that t- significantly younger continuity of the time. Yeah, it didn't really happen back then. And like in the late '90s and the aughts, you started getting these infill stories and these retcons that got really bad. But 
the idea that instead of reincarnating someone, you could just go back and tell stories from back in the day. And I really prefer that approach. And the big problem that they had was they started making them have to be so meaningful and they had to connect to everything else. And, uh, you know, Osborne's given Mary Jane or uh, giving Gwen Stacy babies. And, you know, every retcon is destructive to the to the original continuity. They don't need to do that. And I think that there have been some better examples later on where they would just tell serialized stories as if they had an extra 10 issues in between x-men 140s and x-men 150s right they don't they don't have to have a far-reaching impact it's just storytelling or storytelling that's behind closed doors like focusing on the relationships and things that you didn't see so much of in the original run that's the way you can bring characters back and tell stories with them if they're enjoyable to do that without just physically reincarnating them in the continuity because at this point in the last 15 20 years i think i'm i struggle to read marvel anymore but in the last 15 to 20 years, every character has been reincarnated multiple times and they joke mm-hmm. about it in the text, right? Nightcrawler says to Colossus, how many times were you reincarnated? Yeah. You know, so I will say the current Hickman run on X-Men. I heard it's great. I heard it's great. I mean, you have, okay. I'm just not there yet in my Marvel, my subscription. You have to like Hickman. Right. And I do. <laughs> Future Foundation. It's the Hickman is hickmanist story i've ever seen like there are bits in the story you're like one second what's the timeline here uh cool <laughs> oh yeah i mean his his fantastic four was my favorite it was gonna happen in the next five pages so all right so my last uh unpopular nerd opinion bill and ted's bogus journey was one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life i had a physical reaction to seeing it to re-seeing it recently I have not reseen it since since it was. I only it. saw it when I was younger. I had these positive uh, nostalgia memories of things like Me death too. and a few other things like basically death. And then we watched the first two movies with the kids in advance of the new one coming out, and or the, that was going to come out. And Doris and I were just looking at each other like, "What is this garbage? We had no memory of this being I so terrible." I remember them trying to make Station a thing. Station, Station was so terrible. And and even reading the backstory of why the word why the character's name exists is better yeah. than the character. Like <laughs> the the animatronics on it are terrible, the Muppet is terrible, the robot versions of them are terrible, the storyline is 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 just so uneven and awkward, the acting's terrible, death is is a is a bright light in it. Yeah. He did What's an amazing sad, job. Right? Huh? William Sadler, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. (laughs) So, yeah, but I mean, no one had seen him do anything like that at the time. And it was... Yeah, so, so like, watching it gave me the same, like, not just I don't like this movie, but, like, I'm getting uncomfortable having to sit here feeling like I did with one of the only movies I ever walked out of, which was Pennies from Heaven with Steve Martin. I have walked out of that movie. So, so this gave, this is at Pennies from Heaven scale for me. I walked out in the sense that I cleaned the dishes while those parts of the movie were happening. See, I haven't, I, I, I want to watch the, the previous two before I watch the new one, which uh-huh. I haven't watched yet. Um, so I will, I will do this thing and then okay. commiserate. Probably. Good. Because we do. I, I think we owe it to ourselves to talk about the, the third movie once you've seen it. But anyway, all right, well, that was cool. Unpopular nerd opinions that were semi-popular to us. <laughs> so, um, the, the clip of the interview that goes poorly. Uh-oh. Wait. 
Okay, it was really unpopular what you just said. Yeah, really. <laughs> edited by the internet. <laughs> Interviewer interviewing Keanu Reeves, and yes. he's saying, "So, was it easier for you to get back into the voice of Bill for these movies?" And Keanu Reeves just suddenly goes, "I play Ted." <laughs> he puts the microphone down, gets up, and watches it. And Keanu's like, "Yep, that's exactly. You just lost all your cred. You should." That's exactly- <laughs> It's amazing. It is a fantastic clip. Like, Man, when, sure. when you saturate when you saturate Keanu Reeves' good goodwill, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah really. Play Ted. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I think it's time to um, hit our plan plundering segment for the evening, gents. Plan plundering, of course, is the things that we have heard we like, might like, or we want to see, and we plan to see, but we haven't seen, or maybe haven't finished. So. Mike, what do you have this week? And you can't say all the same things you said every other time. Fuck off, man. <laughs> so, Sometimes it's hard to get to these media things. It doesn't matter. Me. You got to just have things. I know. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do the recommendations is next, right? So I yeah. can't use the recommendation yeah. here. You're a dick. I've watched oh. over the time as I've, as I've, uh, you know, processed these podcasts and published them over these years now. I've always watched the thread between do the do the plan plunderings of the previous episode end up being rum fueled recommendations of one a few episodes later, and sometimes it is, and then sometimes you go long stretches where it's the same stuff on the list because you never got to anything. It's just science. All right, so um, plan plunderings. All right, so Kirkman has a new comic out called Firepower, which is his retelling of the Iron Fist story. Oh, um, interesting. Instead of I mean, it's you know what? It's not even instead of you. The dude fucking shoots fire from his hands. He's Sweet. a martial artist. It's it is basically Iron Fist. I swear to God. Um, but it's an independent comic. It's his own uh, image. Yeah, it's, yeah. His. It, it's oh okay. Um, so the prelude is all Iron Fisty, and then the new comic series, which is out now, which I have not read yet because. I can't make Comics Hub work right, and I fucked it up, so I have not gotten any of the new issues. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, is set 15 years after he leaves the monastery, where he's in the suburbs and has a grill. Like it's oh. like, like honestly, like the end of the prelude is 15 years later. I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I like, like that. The last few pages are like, and I didn't do any of that, and I'm like. Okay, you've intrigued me, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck it, you made an iron, an iron fist story." Ooh, and then now I'm in. Now I'm in, just like you do with every Walking Dead issue, right? Um, so, Firepower. Uh, I think issue four came out this week. So that is my plundering. I am hopeful one through three is in my box at my comic book store, but I have a doubt because I fucked up Comics Hub. All right, <laughs> and Mr. Chris. Oh, man. Well, I, I still need to hit Lovecraft Country. I've only seen the first episode. Um, so that's that's definitely on my list. I also have Destroy All Humans that I still haven't played. That The remake. Wait, wait the old did. school 90s game? Yeah, they remade it for the PS4. So they oh! like redid all the graphics, but they kept all like the, the gameplay's the exact same. The voice okay. acting's all the same, but it's really sexy looking. You're going to love it. You're going to love it, dude. That was, yeah. I love it. I got it. Yeah, the, the original, I love that game. It was just such a great, like, turn your brain off and kill things. Or yep. I got it on, I got stuff, on release so. date. I got on release date for Mateo, and he oh, nice. kills at that game. 
He Does he? so good nice. at it. Oh, yeah, he loves it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably going to suck at it, but I, I can't wait to fire it up and play it. Mateo really likes Plants vs. Zombies, the, the like, two and three or whatever, like, the, the, the really good graphics ones. Yeah. Um, so he was primed to, he's sort of primed to enjoy some of the subject matter, but just being able to go willy nilly on, on people and just blast it, you know, overturn cop cars and throw milk trucks at people and electrocute yeah. everything. He's uh, he loves it. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about playing that. It, I'm looking forward to that. And then my, my insulation dudes coming on Wednesday to ins- insulate my, my studio that we got installed. So I can't wait to like finally be able to move into my studio and start getting it set up. So oh, that's so exciting. Home improvement. Oh, I love it. It'll be nice. I, I don't have a drawing desk right now. I'm using the kitchen table. So it'll be nice to be able to get back to that yeah. until winter hits and I have to retreat back inside. I was going to say, I don't even draw right now. So, <laughs> um, so for my plan plundering, I have a number of projects. Um, there's an upcoming series called Moonbase eight. Okay. About guys. You notice who... Mom always has a list. Yes, <laughs> Moonbase Eight is uh, it's like a. I don't know if it's a mockumentary, but it's it's about guys who want to be on a moon mission but weren't selected, but they're in one of those sustained, uh, simulated moon missions, and they think that they're going to earn the right to go if they do it right, and they're just. This is a Watiti. It's a Watiti vehicle because it's a like, what? It's, uh, a Watiti oh. vehicle. Please tell me it's his thing. It's I no, don't think it is. Armiston and John C. Riley. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. Just as good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I read the premise and I was like, yes, I'm done. I'm ready. And then when the trailer came out, it was actually surreal to see the live version of what I imagined in my head. Um, yeah. And just, uh, uh, and they gave you just enough to be, for it to be weird, but not enough to give you a real tone of it. So I'm excited hmm. about that. Also, I want to watch Fargo season four. Keeping in yeah, mind, keeping in mind, I have not seen Fargo's one through three, but my sense is, plus, since it's a time jump, I, it doesn't matter. The plus of the Fargo's is that each season is completely self-contained. Yeah. Okay, There's yeah. some little references to other seasons, but yeah, you don't have to. I I do highly recommend the other three seasons; oh, sure. they're excellent. Um, have you guys seen Lower Decks? I haven't started. The, it. It's I the, just the, reactivated animated my Rick and Morty style cartoon. Yeah thing it's interesting it's not very star trek yeah i heard it's like it's um hit and miss a little bit yeah like i watched i didn't watch it but i mean i remember seeing like the coming i'm like so star trek saw orville is that what's Mm -hmm. happening yeah Uh, yeah that's really what it feels like yeah it's weird i like that it exists i think i'm impressed that what i've read is it goes as far as it goes it seems like it's odd that they would let them play with those toys that much i'm surprised but i wanted to go further i think i wanted to go further than what i've read that it does but we'll see i'll get to it um another item is there's an upcoming game to add to my collection of games that i buy that i don't play (laughs) called star wars squadrons oh yeah yeah a type of game that i what's that i'm playing the fuck out of that when it comes out well is that the one that's the the rogue squadron remake kind of yeah or uh, reboot or so it's more battle or x-wing yeah but it's more battlefronts so the only way you can play against other people yeah and the thing is you make a squad of five Mm -hmm. and And then you're going off against others and the thing is you can make one imperial character and one rebel character and then you play but they have like a a, like a ton of of uh customization on the yeah. character model so you can okay. really tweak how they look but 
it's a game do you type. Get to see the characters? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah, thing I mean, is, the thing is, th- this is a not, this is a game type that I've <laughs> loved. The back of their heads. Yeah. This is a game type I've loved since I was a kid, and I've always been terrible at, which is dogfighting. Like yeah. in my mind, it's going to be the best thing ever to simulate. And then every time I've played anything from World War One dogfighting to spaceships, and I can't, I'm like, I can't shoot them, I can't spin, I lose everybody, every single one, even uh, even Battlefront um, Two when you can get ships and go out in space, I find my I find my way into the asteroids every single time somehow. So, so is that one of those where like, if we all had the game, we could play against each other kind of thing? Is that theory? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. As if any of us have the time to coordinate to play these. Well, and that's the thing. We yeah. still <laughs> I, we have to prioritize actually playing our role playing games. But yes, correct. Yes. Um, yes, we do. Another. Can you do VR? Are you? I don't have a VR set, and also I have Vertigo, so I'm a little concerned about it. But I'd like to try. I do have I do have the VR set in my house, and I have the Iron Man VR game. Yes, I've heard about it. I'm shocked at how immersive and fun those are. Um, I I stayed at a buddy in Astoria after one of our shows, and I I was sure I was going to be able to use it because 3D doesn't work for me, and I get vertigo, and I get migraines and everything. And I put that on, and I was lost in it oh, for like amazing. an hour. I like like I took the headset off, and I'm all sweaty, and I don't yep. even know where I am anymore. And I was shocked at how immersive those games are. It's my and like one that... of them was I was literally just like a dude with arrows repelling invaders on a rampart yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It was like, like super cartoony, but it was so immersive and realistic. It was just crazy to me. I'm hoping so, that the, uh, the ability to do what you want to do and move and, and control your environment makes yeah. a difference because when we were down in uh, Monterey last, last year, <clears throat> they have like these fun houses, right? Where they have like ski ball and, various other and they have a lot of electronic based games so you're getting tickets you you have to buy tokens to play them and then you get tickets for what you do and they had these very expensive vr rigs set up six dollars or eight dollars a seat and you get in it and it's a it's on gimbals and it moves you around yeah. and and the kids are really excited doris really excited they they each did a couple of them and i have photos and video of how funny they look zoe trying to pet the thing that she, the turtle that she's riding or whatever and then I said, they said, what do you want? And I said, well, you know, I want something a little bit more realistic. And, and, uh, and I don't know. I said, you know, I, I'm interested in the environment itself. Less. You the, adjusted your bow tie. I did. I said, I'm interested Martini. in the environment. Well, I see. Yeah. I said, <laughs> I'm an architect and I've done a lot of VR, uh, you know, graphics work. I'm just interested in the idea that you could free, free roam in that in a VR environment. And she goes, oh, I've got just the thing for you. It's free jumpers off of a skyscraper with those sky squir- those uh, flying squirrel yeah. suits, you know. Oh, um, and so you jump in some some fantasy city, and you jump off, and you're going through the buildings. And I was fucking green. Doris was yeah. like, "Oh no!" I could hear her beyond my earphones <laughs> going, "Tom, yeah. you okay? Tom, you gonna throw up?" <laughs> I mean, it was bad. And then I got off yeah. of that, and I was like, light footed and right. And uh, just sort of disoriented and just gross and nauseous, and I got a headache. Yeah, which is all yeah. to say, I definitely think there's I, a difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's so, it's like the it's like the whole car sickness thing where if you're a passenger you get car sick, but if you're driving you don't yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more of that aspect to it. 
I, a funny point as you were telling that story there, my buddy, <laughs> he's married to an architect and she just does like residential stuff. And he's like, actually, an architect is like the, the vegan of the construction world. They always find a way to tell you that they're an architect. Excellent. 100% accurate. 100% accurate. I, I will say with the VR, you gotta be careful because like I brought it home and I bought like five games when I bought it and I threw in Eve Valkyrie. Uh-huh. which is like an Eve flight simulator, like combat. And that's the first game I put in. So I put that in, put on the VR rig and played it. And I lost track of time because I have yep. a, a problem. And <laughs> Ruby came downstairs and put her hand on me. And she said, you are soaking wet. And like, <laughs> I took off the, the VR helmet and realized that I had been spiking adrenaline for maybe an hour and had had yeah. adrenaline poisoned myself. Yeah, you were you crazy. Lost five yeah, like, yeah, like I was blown away. <laughs> like, yeah, apparently I had been dog fighting for so long. My body was like, "Dude, you're going to die." Yeah, you're you're like the the, the Korean kids who die gold mining, right? Yeah, yeah. The the friend of mine that got it, he and I are you know one of our common things is liking Star Trek and concept anyway, and. His thing was you got to get it for the Star Trek game, so you're on the on the, oh, the on the bridge, man. right? Mm. So you can turn and see your ensign and whatever. Stop, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, okay, two two more for me. Uh, Raised by Wolves, which is the uh, Ridley Scott um, produced series. Good and bad about that. I have as well. Um, episode. What's that? Started digging it by around episode three. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, and then so lastly, and yeah. this is a bit of a um, a genre change, but. There's a show called Teenage Bounty Hunters, I've heard, is... Oh, my God. Hysterical. Okay. (laughs) Really? All right. Super cute. Super cute. (laughs) What is that on? Uh, Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah. You could tell them the premise. I I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't even know that. The deal is it's twins. It's these two fraternal twins, and they they wreck their dad's truck. And they're like, what are we going to do? And this dude kind of rolls by, and they get mistaken for bounty hunters, but they're both Southern girls. So like they can shoot a fucking gun. Okay. <laughs> and like, it's just, they're like, wait, we can make money doing this. And they run into this old grizzled bounty hunter. Who's like, do you have a license? And they're like, what's a license? And they're, it, so it just becomes <laughs> oh, man. It's a grizzled bounty hunter. And these two young girls who are just kind of good at finding people. And they have all the inns in Georgia. Like, they're an affluent white family, so they can get into where all these people are staying. And right, find right. And it's it's a class story. <laughs> like it's totally okay. like, all right. You that know. sounds amazing. I can't wait. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, what's a rum fueled recommendation for yourself? A uh, rum fueled recommendation for me: Cloak and Dagger. Cloak really? and Dagger. Really? I, I have been all- very curious whether that's anything worth watching. Is it I still watched- on? Uh, you can watch on, you can watch both seasons on Hulu. It's it Hulu's done. It is they're not making a third season, which breaks my heart. Yeah, uh, yeah. It digs it digs deep into Who Done. Um, for for those who, yeah. yeah. Uh, they so for those of you familiar with the with the comic, it is not two kids who are given radioactive heroin and develop superpowers. <laughs> Um, which is Damn it. You know, I was so in that, it for the heroin. So I told Ruby this and she looked at me like 
What? <laughs> yeah, that's that is an origin story. It is not this origin story. Um, and one of five thousand projects, and possibly one of the most uncomfortable of them, written by white guys in a basement in one part of the country. Right. So the dipping so, into things they shouldn't dip into, probably. So as as we mentioned earlier, it's set in New Orleans, right. uh, which is not a common place for anything right. to be set anymore unless you're telling a story about Katrina. Sure. Right. Um, and it deals with so, so they, they switched the roles of the characters because they were both first runaways. Right. And now the girl is homeless and the boy is from a, a rather a rather affluent family hmm. going to a private a private school. And it's like they don't like the first season is not a superhero story. It is Two people dealing with their place in society and all the garbage that comes along with it. And then the second season is a straight-up superhero story. And it's okay. like it is them coming to terms with their powers and um, hmm. they, they do get over they do get over the addiction bits too easily, in my yeah, opinion. Sure. Which mm-hmm. is they, Which is they, a usual trope for TV stuff. Yeah, but um <laughs> I and like back, and back breaking, right? Mm-hmm. Just way training like done. An amazing episode in the first season where they talk like explicitly. There is a lesson in school about the hero's journey, and it's the lesson. Three vignettes about the lesson. The next part of the next parts of the hero's journey. Three vignettes about that bit. The next part, and by the end, it's like, and by this point, you will know whether or not it's a hero, two vignettes, or a villain. One vignette, oh, and it was interesting. So beautifully made. Like I'm like, and that is some elegant writing right there. That oh, reminds like, me that I have to finish Runaways, and they even had a, they even had that crossover, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think it might be one of my favorite Marvel projects. Oh wow, uh, right on. But it's it's not going to be for everybody. Like yeah. it's, it's totally a class struggle. Yeah, it is what is interesting it mean in this world. It's I dug it. Um, so much so that it altered uh, my Invincible castings. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Chris. Yes. Uh, yes, I have two things, and I'm trying to remember what they are now because I got sidetracked. Um, I'm reading a book called The Cabinets of Barnaby, Maine. Hmm. It's really interesting. Um, it takes place back in the old timey days, and it's just a straight up old school murder mystery. But it takes place. Uh, it, it's a collector that gets killed, and so they're like in the house full of all of his natural history collection stuff, and it's all the the dudes in wigs. And the the main character in it is a a woman who was there researching plants in his collection, trying to solve who killed him. And it's just like an old school murder mystery novel. I'm really enjoying it. Oh wow! Um, and then number two is Muppets Now. I don't know if you guys have talked about it at all, but okay. it's it's silly and dumb and fun, and it's very Muppety. It's like the Muppet Office, right? Uh, not no, no. That's the Muppets show. 
Uh, okay. Disney Plus right now has like a six episode series that just finished airing. Oh, I assume that's what that was. Okay. No, no. Okay. So Muppets Now is like it's like YouTube for Muppets. Um, it's literally like it cuts from a, cu- a cooking show with the Swedish Chef to uh, like haphazard game show with Pepe oh, to. Right now. Uh, Miss Piggy doing lifestyles stuff huh. with like Tay Diggs made my week, dude. It's, I cannot wait. I cannot it's wait. super fun, man. It's it's really over the top. It's very frenetic. My wife desperately tried to watch it with me, but it goes so fast she couldn't keep right. up with it. Yeah. Um, it's it's really fun, and it's I the the Swedish Chef ones are great. Danny Trejo's in an episode, so it's Danny Trejo. The only yeah, thing it, Trejo is Danny Trejo with puppies. Danny Trejo with puppies is slightly better than Danny Trejo with Muppets, but it's still pretty great. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Muppets now. Um, okay, yeah. so I just have a few items. I have 17 items. Okay, the first is um, <laughs> you may recall that in Planned Plundering I mentioned Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I would recommend yes. watching a short film that came out a week and a half ago or a week ago called Scar- Star Wars Squadrons Hunted. And it's yeah. a an animatic. It's a CGI short film using the engine from the game to tell the yeah. story. And it's one of the most satisfying pieces of Star Wars material I've seen. Like, I couldn't believe how much I liked it. It's a very <laughs> simple, very simple exercise, you know. But it's it's set at a certain moment in Star Wars continuity. And it involves, you know... Rebels and Imperials in ships, but it's really fun to watch. And mm. it's sophisticated enough in its uh, editing and composition that you feel like you're watching a feature film. But yeah. in, in a way that you don't see outside of Rogue One, maybe, you don't see this kind of urgency in a real Star Wars film. Sorry, I keep starting that up. I apologize. <laughs> so, what's that? What <laughs> oh, you... I kept... It, the the video started playing over and over again as I was trying to add it to my list. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, and also, by the way, on the what I'm doing now for the vast because I'm really caught up. Vast majority of the stuff we've talked about, I'm putting links in our Robot Kraken uh, nice. notes so that you can go right to them. Um, another one is I'm halfway through. I'm current on The Boys season two, and I'm really enjoying it. I think we'll talk about it it's more when it's not as good as season one, in my opinion. But yeah, I think that's true. Um, when we, you know, when it's done, I think we should do a retrospective on the season and kind of look at where it goes with it. Um, Have you read the comics? Oh yeah, I I've never read the comics. Uh, but... I've read the comics, and and Mike and I have talked about this. Its greatest strength is it's not as indulgently, extremely trying to get your attention in its in its shockingness as the comics. That was my problem with the yeah. comics. Yeah. I started reading them. I'm like, uh, yeah. uh, it's just not my thing. Was and there's Ennis no, it's Ennis. Yeah. And yeah. there's no Ennis voice in this entire show. So that's, I agree. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Um, you Mike, see the face I'm making at you. What? No, I see <laughs> your face. Um, no, because they don't even, the best they could do is make, make uh Billy, the butcher, the Ennis voice. But Billy the Butcher, we don't even have enough time with him in the live action version of this for yeah, him to I mean, walk around doing platitudes I mean, about how terrible soups are. Just, just uh, Carl Urban, like yeah, that's yeah. literally just Carl Urban. Yeah, he just Carl gets Urban. right into it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to like I. I like all the actors and act, like I like all the actors in that show. Like there is no one in that that I've been I have watched like oh your performance is kind of shitty. No, yeah. like 
I enjoy their performances. I just I don't need the I don't need the darkness right now. Right, and like you said, and you were you were um... be like I'd be cool with this, but right now I'm like, you know what I don't need to know that superheroes would be shitty if they had superpowers. Well, and you did this great. I I should take your quotes and put them in the back of a future edition of Posthuman because you had that great quote in our last session where you said that the I said that it had a lot of parallels with the way the posthuman game is written, and you said no, no. The difference is in posthuman. They're given the opportunity to make choices about what they do once the curtain is pulled back and they realize it's all fabricated. Now they get to choose. Do you do this for real? Or, you know, what you were pretending to be? Do you be that for real? Or do you go the other way? And that was a very good point. And uh, I thank you for it. Free free marketing. Um, Okay. Also, um, (laughs) I'm watching uh, Lovecraft Country. And... Also, it's another one that I really do think we want to spend some time talking about it when it's done. Um, I have some concerns, but I hope that it goes well over the rest of it. But I don't want to go into more detail. But it's it's recommended. Because of our interests, you have to watch it. Um, yeah. M- my experience so far, if anything, has been it started strong in a direction I wanted it to go. And then suddenly, by the end of the first episode, it went a different direction. I was like, no, 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 no. Keep going the other way. Because... <laughs> So far, What's, what I've seen, I've only seen the first episode, but it's very true to the novel so far. Yeah, and I haven't read the novel, so I'm just taking it at face value. But I was that first episode, I was like, okay, you know, the the, the horrors the horrors of Jim Crow, scarier than Lovecraft, is a really great premise, and also for the characters to know Lovecraft and to know his racism and to start framing the episodes as Lovecraftian stories, I thought it was all had so much potential, and then it's I just. Eh. Things happen that uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there. I will say that that was the most terrifying version of a Shogoth that I think I've ever thought about. Sure, but really I thought that great. the sheriff. I love the design on that. But I thought the Sundown Town Sheriff the, was scarier the than that. At the beginning was excellent too. Yeah, agreed. And no, and you're right. No, no, I thought that Sundown Sheriff was scarier than they were. Like, that whole buildup was horrifying, and then it was like monsters, and the monsters were almost a fucking relief. Mm-hmm. It like, really like, was not I just because it was killing the. Yeah, that whole I think sequence that's when kind he's of like the point, honestly, yeah. like that's that's yeah. one of the things that the the story touches on a lot is how the creatures in fiction aren't nearly as scary as real life for a lot of these guys during that time frame. I think I think that the section of material when that whole sundown town section mm-hmm. and they're trying to get out of it without getting killed and then yeah. they're trying to drive. And they're yep. right, they're trying to stay below the speed limit, and they're watching yep. the sun go down, and they Amazing. get across the bridge. That yep. was some of the most tense stuff I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I was it was so good. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, so um, y- y- you probably heard us talk about this a few episodes ago when Blake was on, but you know, you know, he and I are really big uh, William Gibson fans as well as Neil Stevenson fans. And uh, while I was stuck in Tahoe, snowed in, in that big snowstorm. <laughs> right at the start of our quarantine, he was here in San Francisco going to a live reading of Gibson reading from agency, which was his latest book. Mm -hmm. And so he actually picked me up a copy of agency since I couldn't be there. And he finally sent it to me. Oh, and so I got it as an audiobook first because I was doing a lot of audiobooks prior to quarantine driving from the cons and stuff, riding my bike. I was like, Oh, this audiobooks are a great way to get books in. I like it. Well, I started, this was the one of the only audiobooks that didn't work for me. I, there's a few others that I dropped because I didn't like the material, but 
but um, I started reading uh, Agency as an audiobook, and his the density of William Gibson's work and my experience with it was that I couldn't focus. I kept stopping it, stopping it, stopping it because I had to keep going back. And I realized that as I read William Gibson, I read a lot of his. Sometimes I'll read the same paragraph twice because I'm just, or I'm, and I take I take snapshots of lines of dialogue or lines of material because his word style is so interesting and it's always been very um uh influential to me so mm-hmm. i couldn't handle the audiobook and i stopped so anyway he finally gibson sent... and stevenson are both the exact same for me i can't listen oh, to them on audiobook I, stevenson i've like, tried both of them stevenson and... i think has been an amazing audiobook read he has one uh narrator he has others but the main mm-hmm. so the one narrator that he's that has done a lot particularly the fall from Dodge or fall, um, fall, dodge or fall in hell, whatever it's called, and um, the book before that. That's not really helpful to you. My point is the World of Warcraft <laughs> stuff. I don't know if you mm-hmm. listen to any of those audiobooks, but the the uh, narrator has a very deep and just a brilliant voice, and he does such a damn good job. And, um, I actually find I found all with one exception. I found all of the Neil Stevenson books just just fine in audio. But hmm. Gibson, but you could not. You'd read them previously, hadn't no, you? No, most oh, of really? them I hadn't. Oh, interesting. Um, the only one that I had read previously was um, was Snow Crash, and I mm-hmm. specifically got the audiobook because I had, in a previous unpopular nerd opinion, I had stated that I thought that Snow Crash was overblown and not very good. And Blake <laughs> flipped out on me. And so I went and listened to it again. And in a different context, I was like, I wasn't in the right headspace at the time to appreciate. Mm-hmm. I wanted much more straightforward cyberpunk than Snow Crash was when it came out. And rereading I, it, I was like, oh. Snow Crash. I huh? think Snow Crash is still used an editor. because Oh, sure. But all of Stevenson's <laughs> books need an editor. He repeats himself Oh yeah, way too much in that book. It's well, like, he was I young. Know what the rest of things are. Yeah, I know what they are. You just told me. Well, and he's <laughs> learned though. He's learned over time that he can just fill. He can fill uh, murderous volumes of tomes by just elaborating wherever he wants to and deep diving into nerd shit that he decides is interesting rather than repeating himself. So that he did grow as a writer. Anyway, the point is, I got the agency, and I, and then I was like, huh. I wonder as I read it if it's going to be any more clear to me what's happening than when I was trying to listen to it. So I started to I picked it up, I started reading it. I'm like, man, it's still random how this starts and he loves to throw characters at you that you're supposed to just kind of grow into and figure out as you go, but I thought it was really um choppy a little bit. I was like, this is really strange. Like he's really asking me to do some heavy lifting. Then I was like, "Huh." And then this is really embarrassing. Like, wait a minute. So I went back to Peripheral and I picked up Peripheral and I look and I read the back of it. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound familiar. So then I opened <laughs> Peripheral and I realized I never read Peripheral because <laughs> Peripheral came out. It came out at a time I was doing a lot of international travel. I had sure. a, a bunch of other stuff I was reading at the same time. I had been burning. I had been struggling to get through some really difficult Stevenson <laughs> stuff. Anathema. And so after like after the pattern recognition set i thought somehow that peripheral was one of the like i thought i read it and i hadn't so i stopped and this is a i mean talk about a blessing it's like 
finding out there's an un, a, a season of B- Batman Beyond you never saw, right? Like you're like, well, fucking hey, right? This is good news. So I started reading, physically reading Peripheral, and I'm having a hell of a good time. I'm enjoying it so much for some of the broadest material that Gibson has tried to tackle. Some of the hmm. most pulpy material he's tried to tackle, and he's doing it in such a Gibson-esque way. I love it to death. See, I haven't read, I haven't read the new stuff yet. So. Okay. So yeah, anyway, so that's that's so all right. So I'm only halfway done. Uh, also, I finally got to start the Beastie Boys story, which is a film that's on Apple TV Plus. Nice, this is the Spike Jones. Uh, that's like one of four things on that channel. I know, <laughs> uh, and um, I have the Beastie Boys book, and the, and I knew that this movie was a companion to that book. But what it turns out, and I didn't know this until we started watching it the other night, my wife and I, it's a filming of a live show that they were doing where the surviving members of the beasties are on stage. Spike Jones is sending images and music and things to the state, to the screen behind them. And they're just telling a story of their hmm. professional experience. And so you're, it's a film, it's a film movie, right? It's a movie watching yeah. them do this show, but it's also got that raw edge to it because they're, they're making like they're heckling back and forth between him in the producer's booth and them. And it's the last time they did this show of a small series that they did. And hmm. it's really endearing and interesting. And if you love the beastie boys, as I do, it's uh, it's been really fascinating. And it's also good because so far they've been really humble about addressing the fact that a lot of their stuff is, doesn't hold up like a lot of hip hop stuff does these days, mm-hmm. not hold up, but they come right at it and say, yeah, we were, we we're being real dickheads in a lot of ways. And, you know, hmm. the same problems I have when I'm playing Beastie Boys all the time and I have to keep stopping to my kids and going, but no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, okay. Now we need to sleep before we get to Brooklyn. That's right. <laughs> so, 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 so what you're saying is that if someone's happened to have bought an Apple device and got a free year of Apple Plus, there's something worth watching on there? Correct. I haven't watched <laughs> anything else on Apple TV Plus but this so far. There's there's like nothing on there. And the problem is, is the the browsing system of it's Terrible. awful because so bad. 90% of it is like, well, yeah, you can watch that if you subscribe to that channel here on Apple TV. But also there's no search. Do you yeah, notice it's that? terrible. Yeah, no, it doesn't it's, make... you literally just have to like search, like just browse through crap. It's, it's the awful. antithesis to the Apple. Standard it makes no sense. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's like somebody else entirely designed it, and then Apple just accidentally put their name on it. It's just so weird. To I want to I want to watch the alternate history space program show, and a few mm-hmm. other things, but um, yeah, if by and large there's nothing yet really that is a- yeah so like mythic quest was vaguely entertaining i like mythic quest yeah I like mythic quest and and did frankly, you end up watching the quarantine episode of not that yet not yet it's it's still it's probably my favorite besides the one that's like completely out of left field of that series which one is that the the game developer one the flashback no. oh yeah yeah the oh the amazing yeah. one about the history of the couple together yeah yes yeah, well, that one's amazing. And the other thing is, assuming it continues to happen, because I hope it does, um, I'm just sitting on my hands waiting for the uh, the uh, Isaac Asimov stuff to come out. Yeah, if it ever does, yeah. yeah. I mean, they filmed stuff. They had imagery, so hopefully it does. Yeah. Okay, and then finally, I have two, two, two things, finally. I uh, In our, my list of games that I buy and never get to play, I did crack and start playing Ghosts of Tsushima. And oh, um, really- it's really good. It's really, really good and atmospheric and fun. Hmm. And, you know, I'm the target market because of samurai stuff and feudal Japan. But it's just so beautiful. 
you're running through these fields of flowers or you're going under the going under the the uh, maple trees and it's just so atmospheric and cinematic um mm. i sent a whole bunch of screen caps and video shorts to my buddy who was on the fence about whether he was going to buy it and i'm like dude i mean this is just but the funny part was mateo said he, he saw he's like dad i saw that you opened up or i opened up the thing to play um Fortnite. we finally let him play Fortnite now so like i opened up the thing and i noticed that you're starting to play your ghosts your ghosts game is it good and i said yeah but it's an adult game you're not gonna like it he goes oh is it violent and i said yeah it's violent i mean it's swords okay it's not shooting so it's not like like ak-47 it's like you're not allowed to have but here mm-hmm. but 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 it's samurai swords and stuff. And he's like, oh, wow. I said, I can show you what it looks like if you want to see what it looks like just to get a sense of it. He goes, okay, but will I be scared? I said, no, I think it'll be fine. So I fire up the game <laughs> and it resumes resumes the play. And there's this strategy in the game where if you come up to a confrontation, there's this kind of front thing you can do where if you come up to some guys and it's going to be a thing and it's an honor battle, you lean mm-hmm. on the triangle button and it means that you're preparing. It's like you're preparing to go go crazy and then as soon as and as soon as you're ready you release it just at the right time as soon as you see them make a move if you release the button you get the first ambush attack right mm-hmm. and so he's right there I, I got off the horse i went through the clearing i went into this town there's a, some mongol marauders or whatever they are and then i go up to one of them they're like hey and i play it in uh, samurai theater mode is what they call it so i play it with uh, japanese with english um oh nice there. So that comes up and he's like, blah, blah. And then there's some people behind him coming up and I'm like this and the guy's like this. And then I'm like, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, no problem. And then I release my triangle and my guy goes zeek and takes the guy from clavicle all the way to ear. And then there's this geyser as he stumbles backwards and then falls. And Mateo goes, no. And I go, no, no, it's not blood. It's mud. He's muddy. He's like, no, it wasn't mud. I'm like, no, it's mud. He's like, it's pretty red mud. And I'm like, it's Japan. Didn't work. <laughs> he was pretty scared. <laughs> Oops. Uh, therapy. Okay. And then I finally, yeah, and then very finally, <laughs> I did um, relaunch my CBS All Access when they allowed you to pool it with some other, uh, like Showtime or something, something else I already subscribed to. And so I finally got down to watching Picard and I'm about halfway uh. through the first season of Picard. And um, I'll say at this point is it has more sort of thoughtful plot and reason in its premise than virtually any of the Star Star Trek movies did. And certainly mm-hmm. any of the shows. Like it's Damn. it's one of the most just like, well, there's a reason for this happening and there's like a story here that's, that's kind of intense. Yeah. And this narrative structure of how he's going about it and how this the sequence of things is happening has been really impressive to me. Eh. And then right at the point where I've stopped watching it, it had an episode that was like, it was kind of a canto bite sort of problem. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I don't know, but, I, but I'm going to keep going. And Let me guess, you met well. Space Legolas? What's that? Let me guess, you met Space Legolas? Um, I've already met Space Legolas, um, (laughs) but my problem is yes, and that's yes. Um, See, and I've I've only seen the first two episodes of it, but it it felt more like Blade Runner esque than it did Star Trek. Well, very very much so. It's very much a post Star Trek show, and in a way, um, it's the least Roddenberry version of a Star Wars or Star Trek show yet. Um, but its premise being that Starfleet is ill 
was part of what drew me to it. And the fact, mm -hmm. and I just can't wrap my head around. I still can't get over the fact that this guy that in the continuity was so revered and in, and us as viewers revered him for his confidence and his charm and his ability to do anything and get anything done and reason with anybody. And he hits roadblock after roadblock and he's facing the limits of his age and the limits of his physical ability, but also he can't mm -hmm. convince people to do stuff anymore. He doesn't yeah. have the cachet. People actually hate him for choices he made. There are things about that aspect of, of humbling the character that make yeah. it far more interesting to me than if ever wanting to rewatch Next Generation or anything again. Like they they dismantle the hero, but then still make it interesting. And I, I don't know. I yeah. Like that. So we'll see. But yeah, no, it's Free Cloud, Mike, that I couldn't. It's the, uh, you know, everybody dress up as, uh, you know, swashbuckling yeah. fixers and it's going to be fun. Everyone wears a costume. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one step into the holodeck world, you know, I was like, forget it. Anyway. All right. So there you go. I am not a merry man. I am not a merry man. <laughs> mm, polypeptide cake. Delicious. All right. So uh, this was a great one, guys. We did. We managed to get through uh, nerdy nerd talk and also controversial nerdy nerd stuff. Wait, I know. You told me to have a freaking... I know, and I'm going to leave you hanging until the next time. <laughs> no, I'm just being, I'm just being sensitive to the time. We'll, 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 we'll get right on that in the next one, okay? Because I love that you did your homework. when there's three of us, it adds like an extra hour to everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, but you know. Um, yeah, I did, give Mike, I did give Mike some casting homework, and I didn't tell you about it, so then I felt bad about it. Eh, well, I never do it anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How many times have you told me to cast certain movies? Well, at this <laughs> like point now, I just take... Invincible. At this point, I take casting stuff that, that Mike and I talk about, and I just queue it up for Thum Theater, so... Yeah, yeah, which works perfect for yep. me. I well, need to get I need to get Mike contributing some stuff. I do, man. I am so sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, have, I have not been creative at fucking all since this thing started. Physical book with things in it. I love it. It looks so good. Yeah, I I'm sorry. I'm just Which which reminds me, I need to get your guys' addresses because I don't think I have do you, neither of you have a physical copy of it yet, right? Yeah. No. No. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Hook me, uh, text me your guys' address, and I, I'm ordering contributor copies in the next couple of days, and I'll send you guys a copy. Oh, fantastic! No, what? Yeah, wow. fantastic. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sweet. All right, I'll get on the website. I, I've I've found that the people I want to write for Tabletops and Tentacles are more motivated to write when they have the copy in their hand. They're like, <laughs> oh, okay, I want to be in this. So, which is really gratifying to me, actually. Yeah, sure. Like one of the other contributors, um, Alan, he got his copy. And he's like, oh, this is so good. How can I do more? I was like, dude, that's like one of the greatest compliments I can get from somebody that's that I'm right. not paying to do anything for. <laughs> well, and I'm already locked into a couple of. Uh of a columns column. Yeah. So yeah, I, I haven't, written, I haven't written anything since this started. <laughs> like I have, yeah. my novel just stopped. Like it yeah. is right in the middle of, I'm right in the middle of a freaking nice action scene too. And I'm like, I can't write you right now. I just, if I didn't have this with backers literally waiting for me, I probably yeah. wouldn't have been productive at all for the last six months. So it's, or eight months or whatever it's been. Um, yeah. I've it's, drawn like three things. In the yeah, course of the pandemic, just, it's really it's hard. It's crazy. I uh, that's one of the things I like about this is that, like, you can just write a review or something like that, and so it's like I can force myself to sit down and write three hundred words. Like that's right, right. that's doable. Yeah. <laughs> words 
spit take. But also, yeah, much yeah. much in the way we do the podcast, <laughs> you you allow for randomness too. You allow yes. it to be. It's not yeah. a mainstream periodical. It's a yeah. periodical for fans. It's a periodical for people who love variety and diversity and randomness and just like to geek out. That's yeah. a, a huge strength to this. Magazine. It is, and it's and it's great for people like us who don't have a lot of like we have so many different interests and we don't get to exercise some of them very often. And Correct. so it's nice to have like my, my buddy text me. He's like, Hey, can I do an article on how much I hate the tiger King? And I'm like, heck yeah, do it. <laughs> It'll fit. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> can you write too? <laughs> yeah, I will take it, man. <laughs> so. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, listen, thank you for, uh, attending this fine podcasting session and, and, um, allowing me to force you to suffer my questionable choices in in humor but also um you know frankly it's just fun to have all three of us together for once and hopefully if we get really lucky we'll get blake again on one and we could have a we could have a foursome guys a foursome that'll be a seven hour podcast (laughs) before we get the sound figured out (laughs) (laughs) before we get the sound figured out there all right so so uh i will i will call this this meeting of the beard Illuminati to close. Do I have a second? <laughs> Seconded, thirded. Thirded. Nice. Bearded. Adios, Mike, adios. <laughs> <laughs>